Hi, everybody. Some ways to stay in touch with us is through Untapped and Twitter as Craft Beer Comics, and Instagram and Facebook as Craft Beer and Comics. If you want to support us financially, head on over to patreon.com slash craftbeerandcomics and check out all the levels of support and the perks. Now enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. My name is Chad Terry, and I am the consumer. My name is Jason Smith, and I am the assistant manager here at Astro Zombies. My name is Chris Losek. I'm also a manager at Astro Zombies. Jess Griego, Chief Experience Officer of Bosky Brewing Company. And we'd like to welcome you to Craft Beer and Comics, a podcast. We jumped the gun a little bit there. <laughs> trying to overcompensate for the delay early. in your... Oh, yeah. Well, I was <laughs> shooting a text off the mic, so... That was funny. I, uh, I asked for forgiveness. It is given in spades. You're giving spades, eh? Whoa. Oh, this What's is going a hearty on? one. What's going it's on not, with this yeah, one? it's an IPA. I was I was curious what uh, Space Lion. Jason was going to think. Yeah, so Space Lion IPA. This is our most recent release. Um, we released it on Saturday. Best name so far for sure. <laughs> the backstory of this one is um, uh, our coworker James um, unfortunately committed suicide in 2017. He was from Las Cruces, and he was an artist, um, a DJ, and a musician. And his artist name was Space Lion. So, um, obviously when that happened, it was kind of, it was a big shock to everyone and we all felt like we wanted to do something to try to get the conversation started around, uh, suicide prevention. Uh, New Mexico is the number one state in the country for suicide, which is a statistic I didn't know, um, Mm. at the time. So it's been, yeah, um, obviously a problem that I think we just don't talk about enough. We were able to brew this beer and uh, create a foundation called the Space Lion for Life Foundation through New Mexico State University. Uh, We've been able to train four individuals from NMSU uh, to do uh, preventative counseling, suicide prevention, and um, yeah, just continue that conversation. So this is the third year that we've released the beer. We have an employee uh, that volunteers here named Riley, and he works, I believe it's the UNM uh, prevention hotline. Well... I don't know if it's UNM, but I think God, it is. It, it's it's through UNM. It's a suicide like it's, hotline. So yeah, it's a crisis hotline. Crisis. Yeah, That's yeah. Crisis um, uh, oof, I, with as much time as I've spent at UNM, you'd think I'd remember the name of it, but I'm just, just blanking right now. Me too. But anyways, that guy he works there. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So we didn't. There was nothing like that at NMSU. So um, we really wanted to focus on Las Cruces since that's where James uh, was from, and that's when we have two tap rooms down there, and we just felt like it was really it was a big need. And yeah, we were sure. able to help kind of financially get that up and running. And we've been become really close with James's family. Uh, they become kind of uh, just really big advocates in, in the community. Uh, we went to his funeral. I had never met James. Um, when we went to his services, his dad was really open about what had happened. Um, it was a Catholic service, which I grew up Catholic, and that was kind of a faux pas when I just even talking about those things right, right, um, you're not going. exactly is yeah. you know so when his dad got up there and spoke so openly about what had happened we were really um kind of inspired that that was a really um just unique situation and he took the opportunity to talk to there were the church was packed there were 
probably 500 people there to really say, if you need help, like I'm here, let's talk about these things. We need to do something. And so that really helped us. We weren't sure what to do and it was just, you know, uncharted territory. And so it was really nice that we've been able to do this as an honor to him and to really create some fundamental change. And Which is good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely good too. So that, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's um, a traditional IPA. <laughs> it's a, right. uh, that was James's favorite style, kind of like you guys, like the traditional. Uh, well, actually, no, you guys, you guys are doing the the, the hazies now, More right? Well, no, I'm a, I'm a West Coast okay, style. Okay, that's right. Personally, um, at the taste test last weekend, I found that I was, I was drawn more towards the hazies until the last batch, and then yeah. I found the traditional that I liked, sure. and that was pretty much the one I liked out of all 36. That was my favorite. I yeah. tend to be the hazy guy. I tend to lean more towards the hazy side. Yeah. yeah. So this is more, you know, traditional West Coast IPA. But I There's I like a it. finish to it that it seems different though. Mm-hmm. You know Well, I feel like that's the old finish that I'm used to from IPAs like classic IPAs. Sure. With the hazy and the more citrusy that a lot of hazy IPAs that are drinking IPAs that are moving towards that kind of get away from from the bitterness in the back. Uh, yeah, I don't it's feel definitely like this is super bitter though. No, yeah, it's got a smooth finish. Yeah. Like I said, it was, it's hearty. Um Yeah, like, there's a malt backbone there, okay. which is nice. Um sometimes you just see IPAs that have really dry, bitter endings that are almost kind of thin or something, whereas this kind of has more of a coating mouthfeel texture at the end that comes from from the malt backbone. And actually, John Bullard, our master brewer, is known for that. So his IPAs in general have always had a malt presence that doesn't take away from the hop characteristics that you want to showcase in an IPA, but that kind of finishes out the beer in a round, pleasant way as opposed to like, oh, that's dry and bitter. So, Gotcha. Yeah, yeah well, it's, it's very good. And, and uh, thank you for sharing the story. That story, you know. Like you were saying, it's a lot of people don't talk about it. It's hard mm-hmm. to talk about. Um, and uh, on that note, I just remembered the name of the UNM one. It's called Agora Crisis Center. So just want to get that out there in case anybody needs to call it. And we've all, at least I'm speaking for myself, uh, we've all had ideas or thoughts or had bad days where maybe that's the best way out in our minds, but it, it turns out it's not. So there's always, you need to reach out and talk to people when you feel like that. Yeah, I think for our coworkers, it was he had um, worked a shift that evening, and so everyone had just seen him, and it was just the shock of whoa! I had no idea that was happening, you know. And that's what we've been trying to really discuss more through this experience: is hey, we, you know, conversations can happen, and you can ask questions, and it's it's important to check in on your friends. And um, it's, well, and that's where I was going to go is is you know it is. It is important if you if you need help to reach out, but that is right. that is one of the hardest things to do, I think, for someone to reach out. And so right. it and is you're in that position, to, it's right, exactly. it's impossible. I mean, you're already where you're at, right. you know. So mm-hmm. talking to somebody, and so it, you know, it is it is very important that we all kind of pay attention to our friends and, and mm-hmm. reach out to them. Hey, are you doing okay? Do you want to do you want to go out and get a beer? Let's go talk. Let's go hang out. Um, stuff like that. I have I have personal experience with it. I was an EMT before, and so reaching out is is definitely. Uh, good for people to do um that being said um i i want to ask you about restoration pizza because i went yeah. there to to drop off your book um that mustard pizza that we were talking oh about is absolutely delicious i i, I don't want to <laughs> ask you too much about like what the ingredients are or anything pr- mustard proprietary like, <laughs> proprietary yeah. but you know i was i was like well i gotta try this out it's a specialty pizza it's not gonna be there forever 
Right. So I ordered it, and I was super surprised. It was really good, and the green chili it was such good green chili, too. So thank you for throwing that yeah i'm glad you tried it that one uh, anything with the base that's not a traditional red white or even green people are like "Eh." pesto yeah Yeah. pesto but anything you know if you say mustard base or Mm, where we had the jalapeno popper and i I need to i don't want to say the wrong base but it was a white base that was not alfredo yeah it might have been cream cheese i don't know it didn't taste like it was yeah it's a lot to put on the bottom of a on the base of a pizza though Feels like that'd be like an entire container's worth of Philadelphia decades. cream. We made all kinds of weird stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Breakfast pizzas, you know. Those are good, yeah. Oh, the yeah. The egg yeah. is the sauce. Did you ever do that mm. thing where you do like cinnamon sugar and you just do butter <clears throat> on the top of the crust and then you like do cinnamon sugar cinnamon on it and bake it that sticks. way? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That sounds good, to, too. We used to mess with that at Dion's. When we, uh, we would take the, the buffalo sauce that come in little packets for the buffalo for the chicken strips, mm-hmm. and we put that as the base, and then put chicken on there and mozzarella cheese, and awesome, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> when I worked at Johnny Rockets, I used to do this thing for my break food, where I would do chicken tenders, and I'd throw them in the buffalo sauce like wings, oh, yeah. and then I'd make like a chicken tender like sandwich with them. Yes, oh, really that's good. good. Mm. There's a um, something called Buzz Style at Red Robin, and you can get anything Buzz Style. They basically just take the 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 buzz sauce, which is buffalo, it's Frank's red hot and butter, a lot of butter. And, <laughs> I mean, a lot of butter. You'd be appalled at how much butter. Oh yeah, is yeah, in yeah. It. But delicious. Never. And I think a lot of things that you like a lot, you don't realize. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What an appalling amount of butter. <laughs> oh, is that's in the why butter. that's so good. <laughs> oh, it's delicious because it's bad for me. Yeah. <laughs> but needs to say, you can get all a lot of the stuff at Red Robin Buzz style, and it's so good, and it's hot, like super warm. Yeah, we were talking about the fish and chips, I think, last week, too. And that's a thing yes. that people do um, at Bosque is get the buffalo uh, style buffalo style on the um, the fish and chips. Oh, really? Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I, I don't... Heck, I try it. Let's wrap yeah, this up now so we can go get some of that. I know. I'm like, <laughs> let's go. I, I don't tend to go towards buffalo sauce much myself because, like, the only hot food that I like is green chili. Mm. And so there's, I've been places where it's like they throw like a green chili sauce on it that they've made themselves and it burns your mouth off. And I'm like, there's no flavor there. <laughs> like Bob's Burgers? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sure. Oh, and you're so my dying. husband likes to sweat and I'm like, no, I don't, that's not no. fun to me. But he's, and he has, he puts Texas Pete on everything. If we don't <laughs> have Texas Pete, the, it's so good. I like Texas Pete. I put it on stuff, but not on like it's my go-to all the things. When something I'm eating is bland. Yeah, for okay. sure. I put yeah. it in ramen. Oh, I bet that's good. Oh, it's yeah. really good. Interesting. Yeah, but I don't want to sweat. I don't want to be like miserable. You know. Right. I, I want the heat there, but tolerable, and mm-hmm. I want the flavor that the heat provides. Have you ever know, whatever it is I'm doing? That's you ever what I used that that Tony's the like Cajun seasoning. It's like a salty, spicy seasoning. I used to put that in ramen. I used to put that in ramen with like an egg, and that's what made it interesting. Mm. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, that's where I, I mean, that's where I was going with it. Is flavorful green chili is the only heat that I right. will tolerate or go with because green chili has that unique flavor. Mm-hmm. Right. And no, absolutely. When you when you make your own and you like reduce it down and throw it in as a sauce, you're like, it's just for heat. You're like, well, you've you've ruined that green <laughs> chili. Then the flavor and the smell, the aroma. Right. You know, yeah. Yeah. Things that are important. It's so weird that that's something we are just all so used to having as an option, as like an, a topping or as part of an entire dish, a main ingredient, and then 
it's you know go anywhere else in the country people don't even know it exists although right. i will say other parts of the country are like slowly getting wise to yeah like it's because the Mexicans will, are filtering out, and they're like, "Oh, we have to have this." Well, <laughs> so and I think it's though know, it's it's people who know food, like coming here, learning about it, and being like, "Oh, this is awesome!" And then they incorporate it into what they do in places that aren't here. Absolutely, and then they have the fresh new thing that nobody's ever experienced. Right? Before. Like, yeah. What is this new green chili you speak <clears throat> of? Like, I remember going to Quint to a to a like a video game convention thing in Austin. One of the booths, like that, sold food in the convention, had this this line for like it was the longest line in the in the place. And when we got there, people were super excited that the like Indian taco that they served like had green chili on it. And I was like, "You mean you do it's Indian like, tacos without green chili? <laughs> <laughs> How do you normally? Do yeah, that? right. <laughs> You're not doing it correctly. Then you can't call it that. I mean, but that was in Austin, Texas, and that's a good twelve hour drive from here. You know." We have listeners up in uh, Colorado, and I will say, and I will be on record, Pueblo chili is trash. Inferior. Wow. <clears throat> uh, the, it, it's a, it's a climate. The reason that Hatch chili comes out good is because it's the perfect climate. It's not cold down in Hatch. <laughs> Just saying, no, it's cold not. Down. So we're throwing shade your way, Colorado. Hey, it's but, cool. Uh, if you like green chili, I'm all for it. You know, Come yeah, on down and get true. some, but don't claim that it's yours. That's acidine right. and just false. Um, so talking about the, the mustard pizza, or the it's a mustard base, but it's a cheese, <laughs> yeah. cheeseburger. You're really caught up on that mustard bit. Well, so I just, no, I wanted, to, I wanted to talk to our guest about how the evolution of when you guys opened up, you talked about how you had panini presses on mm-hmm. the the was it the bar it was or? the bar top yeah it's right it wasn't yeah. a panini press it was a george foreman grill <laughs> it basically <laughs> i mean it's yeah. the same darn thing <laughs> if you get yeah, the deluxe yeah. one you could do two at a time Ooh. oh snap so baller when, when i first started um i applied as a server and jotham one of our owners was walking me through the tap room showing me the back and he says okay so You'll be taking orders, and then when you get food orders, you'll go ahead and make the sandwich, and you'll put it on the panini press, and then it'll take eight minutes, and then you can come back and get it and serve it. And I was sitting there thinking, there's no possible way that's going to be how this goes down. Because <laughs> You're like, this is not going to sell. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, I'd worked as a server at several places, and that's just – it was. It was, it's funny. So we laugh about that now that we thought, oh, we'll just do this kind of thing on the side to add to the experience of the beer, but it will be relatively easy and kind of an afterthought. And then, you know, obviously it grew from there. We had to have full-time cooks right away, but it's hard to find people who are passionate about panini presses, that right? You know, sense, yeah. it's so when you're talking about food, you really want people in the kitchen who are passionate and who are elevating their own um, skill set and so paninis just don't really offer that and so that was even hard keeping that position staffed <laughs> the panini guy the pan- yeah. yeah hey where do you work i work at uh you know this place where i make uh, a panini and then it's right in front of the, at the bar so people are you know staring at you while you're working watching asking <laughs> yeah. what you're doing and a lot of people and who are cooks terrible. like to be in the back like don't right. want yeah, no, to no, be you don't engaging. want to talk to people yeah. and that's and a so, big part of being in the kitchen it's yeah the, it's the being on pies and you work at dion's and mm-hmm. There's like 40 kids who are asking you a bunch of dumb questions, and you're like, "Listen, I have like 38 pies to make right now. Can you please? <laughs> Why do you call it a pie? That's a pizza. 
I'll murder your children. Just watch, and then I just, just, and then I just, you just pretend you don't hear them. That's really what it comes down <laughs> to. It's so uh-huh. loud back here. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so that's how it started. And then uh, we decided we needed to really elevate that part of our business. We'd already set ourselves out as being known for offering food. And people like the paninis. I mean, we were we were busy, um, but it wasn't sustainable. And so when we moved next door, when we got the bigger brew house, and we moved into the, it was a subway actually. They moved out, we moved in. And then where we had the brewery originally is where we moved the kitchen. And so we got. So you kicked out sandwich artists to make sure that making a sandwich was no longer an art. Exactly. I mean, talking about trying to find somebody <laughs> who is passionate about their art and food. Like you're saying, yes. kicking there out sandwich some good, we Actually, I don't know why we never <laughs> went over and said, hey, are you interested? In, uh, yeah, hey, you want to work that's here? That's weird. I can't even. Because <laughs> <you work>. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's a corporation, they probably wouldn't go for that. <laughs> oh, it's just funny that we weren't trying to cherry pick people. I mean, we had this whole Coaching. opportunity. But yeah, they left. Oh, uh, okay, they moved. So yeah, so they were, we were just talking about how it's hard to find people to make sandwiches in front of people. And then that's it. We had, <laughs> had oh, people right there. Right literally. next door. <laughs> never been to a subway. They're not jazzed about it either. So my... Uh, Boyfriend in college worked at the subway right here. No, yeah, farther up. Um, Gerard, we Gerard, yeah, that one all the time. And uh, <laughs> he always he just smelled he smelled like subway all the time, and it was a yeah, certain it's smell. A smell, yeah. Um, yeah. which Break, baking bread and processed meat. Yeah, yeah, very specific smell that even if I ca- catch a like waft of it now. Yeah, you're oh, like subway. The sub- yeah, there's a subway nearby. Yeah, <laughs> is there hey, a subway in the subway? Mall? I yeah. do. How'd you know? <laughs> do you work at Subway? Well, the, the hats and the uniform. But besides that, the smells. <laughs> if there's a Subway in an airport and you walk out off the plane into the airport and you're like, there's a Subway here. <laughs> yeah. It's overpowering it's every other smell in this place. smell. Which is I think that, that it's actually, I've yeah. read that they have it baked into their bread. Like somehow there's this chemical aroma that's in their bread specifically that has that unique. Because if you oh, think about bread in particular, you only like think of Subway when it smells like that, you know? I don't know. I've heard that. It could be a lie. Somebody I mean, it could be. Su- it me. could be no, I, who knows? Uh, I mean, people do a lot of different things with uh, professional, like, this is our, you know, like, I don't know how to describe it, but they're like, this is our secret ingredient, so nobody's allowed to know this. And it's like, we have an air freshener in there that just smells like bread. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay, that's there are. I mean, hey, it's creating an atmosphere. Break that stuff down, you know? I yeah. mean, there's there's the food head of whatever company, and they're like, okay, people like this. We've gotten studies that say that this is something that draws people to this place, so how can we capitalize on that? Oh, let's make that smell part of what we're doing. Right. More so. And that's that's the thing is, like, you don't really realize or think that, but, like, Subway is like, we're employing high-level chemists to make our bread, not right. just, like, bakers. <laughs> Yeah, we're getting chemists in here to get that. Smell. I heard that the Luxor like pumps vanilla into their their air system. So, so the evolution of sorry to get back to um, <laughs> to kind of get back to the kind of the the food journey of Boss. Sure, I guess. Food because yeah. you've got so you've kind of journey to be on. Yeah, it <laughs> is a good journey. So you, you started with the panini presses, um, and then you opened up a full kitchen in that location before you moved. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we moved to the back where the brewery was, had a full kitchen there. I'm trying to remember the timeline of things. We may have had, no, we had Knob Hill open before we moved to a full kitchen. So both San Mateo and Knob Hill had the panini presses. Okay. And then gotcha. um, we, oh my gosh, I'm like 2014. I feel like I'm trying to 
remember um I yeah i mean to like put you on the spot no no no, yeah. um, no i get it i'm terrible with that too like yeah. remember like the sequence that things happened in. i think i'm having a little panic attack realizing that that was already eight panic years ago attack. you know okay. or just i think oh, in the right. moment like oh my gosh <laughs> what happened where am i held um, <laughs> where did my life go <laughs> whoa um is the election okay is everyone <laughs> safe outside as long as there's no actors to become presidents we're, oh shit. oh no <laughs> as long as no TV reality start. Oh, shit. Oh, no. <laughs> We're screwed. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was pre-2016. That was 2014. So we'd been open for about two years. We opened San Mateo, opened Knob Hill, had the panini presses, same menus. And then we switched to a full menu at San Mateo and slowly. So Knob Hill kind of had the, at one point we had full nice menu at one location and then panini presses sandwiches at another location. And anyone who's thinking about opening a brewery one day, um, I would say never have different menus at multiple places ever. Oh, really? Terrible, terrible, terrible idea. And we did that for a while. Like we were just always trying to perfect one thing before we did it somewhere else. But then it kind of like, I almost knowing what I know now, just doing a whole switch over at once would have been easier. easier. It's really hard to manage food costs and training and expectations and you can't share employees from one place to the other because they don't know what the other menu was like and so yeah that was you know I think something we had to learn the hard way and none of us really had food experience necessarily. Jotham um, who I actually was talking about earlier who said the panini would be the server's job. Um, He (laughs) opened a lot of restaurants um, in his previous career but None of us had like chef skill set um, in terms of building a menu, pricing things out, training. And so I would say that's been the hardest part of our business model okay. has been consistent food, great menu, training, just making sure that that's living up to the beer part of our business. We're getting there and, you know, we've come a really long way. Yeah. But I mean, kitchens are hard. Uh, yeah. Well, and that's the thing is I... Like I, I'm talking about your food because like, again, you know, when we first met, I had those fish and chips and I was mm-hmm. like, this is what I'm looking for. And I had that weird pizza and I was like, this is amazing. That's great to hear. And I've been to breweries where it's either when it's when it's full restaurant and all that stuff, full service, y- you have one or the other and you never have both. Sure. It's like, man, this beer's awesome. Let me order this. And it comes and it's like, is the head brewer the chef also because it doesn't match <laughs> yeah, up yeah. or the food is amazing and you're like who's the head brewer just some dude because it doesn't taste good yeah Back to the it's day, hard it's really hard yeah you would get stuff from a certain distributor like cisco or uh shamrock and if all the bars are getting from cisco all the bars are gonna have the same food and that that's what the problem used to be is you know oh cool bar food i've got some sandwiches mm-hmm. i've got some burgers i've got some cheese sticks you know like now Craft beer breweries have taken another step as far as you don't get that a lot, where you get real menus with real ideas towards unique food. Right. Or the places that don't do food, they usually have like a food truck or something that's there on like big And that's why the food truck industry is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And there's all so there's always something like unique and sort of cool going on food wise, it yeah. seems. Whether it's be- between whether it's what the brewery itself is doing or what the food truck happens to be that night totally yeah. and i've heard other you know when i complain i don't know if complaints right but when i've just let it vo- out. <laughs> <laughs> when i've been like kitchens are so hard to fellow people in the industry who don't do that they'll say yeah but 
you know, I have no control over whether a food truck doesn't show up one night or dealing with parking or, you know, people who are upset about something that the food, even though that's completely out of our control and now it's making us look bad. And so there's just trade-offs for whatever you decide to do, but you just kind of have to. Customer service industry is is just difficult because that's There's only so much you can do. People don't. There's only so much you can do to manage people's expectations. Yeah. And a lot of times people have unrealistic expectations. Right. And so no matter what it is, if it's out of, like if a tornado blows through and it hits their table and moves everything off of it. Wow. Just their table. They're like, thanks. I'm giving this restaurant a one star review. (laughs) I mean, it was fine and everybody was nice, but that tornado blew my table Mm -hmm. over and that's one star. You go, it's (laughs) like you see a one star review. They're like, great store. Got a parking ticket while I was, while I was there though. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, yeah, but that's not our fault. I saw a review the other day of Bosky North, and it was like, it, it, you can score. We have a reservation system, which is really nice. So then we get a feedback loop with our customers through that. So they come directly to us. They're not public, which is nice. We can kind that's of great. address things with people directly instead of having this whole conversation where everyone can see and may or may not be true or whatever. But he scored, this person scored five on everything food service ambiance no ambiance he gave us a one and the one was it was hot outside and it was during covid when it was patio seating only i was like what are you yeah. why you gave us a one so it dropped the whole score down to a 3.5 or whatever right, and i was right. just like what like, <laughs> like you scored us a one because it was hot outside in july come on like why why were you outside <laughs> And then people don't understand the r- the real consequence that uh, like a review like that can mm-hmm. have for a business mm-hmm. right and especially in the corporate setting yeah, right. It, like Red Robin, you know, you grade the server. Yeah, because and corporate isn't reading every <laughs> Their every ability compliment. to continue working there can be hindered and or terminated based on those, you know, you get too many bad reviews, you get canned. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's corporate. That's the corporate. And, a lot of and corporate isn't reading what the what the reviews say. No, they to, see numbers. To suss they out the numbers. Numbers. Yeah. Yeah. numbers. That's all the head of boards do. Is and that's numbers. what a lot of Yelp review people do is they mm-hmm. look for the stars. I know that's what I do. Like how many people have rated it? How big is the stars? I try so to I give look, a place a fair shake. I look at the. So that that's where I was going. Is yeah. I look. What I do is I. For me is I look at that. I, I see the the amount of of reviews it has because if it only has four and they're all five stars. I'm like, uh, it's the people that own it, so who knows? Got to try it out for myself. Yeah. If there's a thousand reviews and it's four stars, I'm like, okay, let me start with the bottom. You look at what the, is the one star review? How many are there, and what is it? What does it actually say? And it's always that I got a parking ticket outside. Yeah. It was mm. hot, and I couldn't eat anywhere else because it was COVID. But it was hot. <laughs> one star reviews are useless most of the time. You look at them, and it's some like they write some nonsense that makes no sense. You, what I do is I look at the three star reviews because then you see like the legitimate problems that people actually have. Right. And th- I feel like that's where you can. That's a good method. Yeah. You look at the three star because that's the person who's like, I'm trying to be honest about this review. Right. I don't know. I like the one star reviews. They're really funny. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah no doubt. But they're useless. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, um, if you're going to review something, don't just review it and give it a bad score. Please. Give whatever you're reviewing an opportunity to fix it by saying what the problem was, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. Get better staff. That's not helpful. Yeah, and we always like when p- someone reaches out to us directly, whether that's email or even social media and a direct message, and it's not for everyone to see, I usually take those much more 
seriously because I know that the person genuinely had a problem that they want to see resolved. Whereas when people just get on and say, get better staff or like, you suck. Well, what is that? Like, that doesn't, right. what, is what are that? we supposed to do? Yeah. Engaging with you to fix that is impossible right now. Like, so now like there's, hey, you didn't like what our staff was doing. Tell us what, what you didn't like, mm-hmm. like get better staff. Just that doesn't give us anything instructive. To better work at on. what, right. you know, I mean, better mm-hmm. at selling comic books, better at, or whatever, you know, it may be, yeah. you know, how, what, yeah, what I mean, it can be anything when you just say that. You, yeah. d- you can't generalize. So if you do rate something, make sure you talk about what it is. Yeah, be specific. Yeah. And remember, in a one through five star rating, it's either all or nothing. If you give somebody a four, that's still a one. Yeah. That's that's a true fact. Because that's how people tend to look at it. Well, when, when you get graded, you, it's either a hundred or a zero in a lot of those stars. So then they take the average, and that's how you get a 3.5 or whatever. But if you put a four on there, it's just a one because it's not a five. Well, and that goes directly to the 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 way this podcast is, is we do that with beers. And so it's, it's a 0.25 system on untapped, and we take our average. And what I've seen us do is we we try and give it all a fair shakedown. Like you, the, the pickle down economics is a perfect example yeah, yeah, of I'm that. I'm not going to throw it in the garbage because I didn't like it. I try to... Was it successful in what it was trying to accomplish? And I think that it was. And then, you know, only a portion of the score is the fact that I don't want to drink a gallon of pickle juice. Dude, that shit was pickle-tastic. So okay. good. Pickle-tastic. It was, but apparently that's not what I look for in a beer. <laughs> <laughs> but if this is what you look for in a podcast, rate us five stars on any device that you download us from. Yes, five stars awesome. only. Only five stars. <laughs> only five stars. Remember, four stars is garbage. Leave those, <laughs> those four-star reviews at home. That's right. That's right. Um, so, I mean, speaking of reviewing and, and uh, doing some stars, you guys want to check out some books or talk about anything crazy that went in on the, the shop this week? It's been an interesting week. Okay. Um, <clears throat> to, I got a phone call today from uh, an, an older woman who uh, said that they owned a a collectible shop in Roswell and they had to shut down because of COVID. And so oh. now they have moved to Albuquerque. Most of the stuff's still in Roswell, but they had like a little box of stuff and you know, they didn't really know comic books. They were more in the antiques and, and memorabilia. They said, my grandson they, said these were nifty and it's Richie rich. It's cool. It's still needless to say. It's always fun. Comics. Yeah. And there was a bunch of arch again in there, but yeah. Um, I talked to Jason about it, and, and one of the things that he said was it's always fun to see what people decide to bring in from a full collection. Yeah. Because they're like, yeah, we handpicked some stuff, and oh, gotcha. this is what we brought in. And it's always interesting to see what, what someone who doesn't really know anything about it, the thing that they cherry-pick from the collection to bring in that they think is worth something. Right. They told me that somebody had uh, coached them that if it has a barcode, it's worthless. And I was like, hey. Mm. Yeah, that's a dangerous no, thing that's, to say. He yeah. was like, I just throw stuff with a barcode out the door. I was like, <gasps> what? Oh, my God. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, barcodes have been around since the 70s. That's, right. You're throwing away money. Oh, no. That was the direct market, right? That's the stuff that was on spinner racks and grocery stores right, and right. stuff. Right, uh, yeah, right. Not the, direct market, the, the retailer. The newsstand. Uh, newsstand. Yeah. Newsstand, I'm sorry. Right. Direct market is but the comic But there is shop. some gotcha. direct stuff that has barcodes still. Now, especially yeah. nowadays, especially yeah, now. now with all those there, there was a there was a time where it was like Spider Man face, Spider Man face all the yeah. time and all that stuff. But mm. sorry, continue. It's all right. I so, thought about getting that Spider Man face as a tattoo once. Oh really? Yeah, that'd be great. Just the black one. Yeah. Or the, where the at? One. I was thinking about right on my forearm, and the reason I thought about that is because when I was working at Dion's, they had a policy change 
in like the last couple of years I worked there where they would allow tattoos and piercings and stuff, whereas before they just didn't. Xnade on the ear scene pig. Yeah, but the uh, tattoo, if the tattoo is visible, it had to be small enough to cover it with a credit card. And so I was thinking, okay, what's a tattoo that I could get that, that fits my interests that would be small enough? And so I thought, oh, I mean, like, I've always liked corner box art. So I thought, you know, what about like a Spider-Man corner box yeah, thing yeah. or something? So That'd be cool, man. You should still get it. Yeah, Not but, there, though, because you're wasting a lot of space. Wasting it down my arm? Yeah, I mean, when, when you have a large space, like it's a canvas. Yeah. And so you don't want to put a super small tattoo just in the middle unless yeah. you're never going to put another tattoo there or you plan on integrating it into a full piece right, that's just a suggestion right. I was or giving you people. can get a tattoo on your middle finger that says it's bad mofo <laughs> i've seen that i was wow. like wow nice <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome you could just do that is that a dare no it's um it's actually it's a memorial tattoo for my dad okay so me oh. and my mom and my sister all got them Awesome. Um, my I'm glad dad I didn't get the question I was going to. Oh, ask I've had that. so many. I don't even take it personally like, anymore. But I forget I have it, and I'll, like sometimes when I'm, people will be looking at me, and I'm like, "What?" And then yeah. later I'm like, "Oh, they were trying to read." No one ever asks. Like, I get questions like once a year, not that often. Uh, I was going to ask you, and I yeah. always forget. Yeah. Damn it. Um, but my dad. So somehow he was just so inappropriate, and um, I don't know. He was just a character, but he somehow managed to get a bad mofo vanity license plate. Um, that he had awesome like he greased some palms or what he, I, we were he, when he submitted it we we're like there's no way someone's gonna approve that like that's derogatory you can't and sure enough like he someone approved it probably not knowing what it meant and so yeah he had <laughs> someone someone opened it up and was like <laughs> yeah they're trying <laughs> sure. to read it they're like yeah, what is b a moff oh but yeah what's what's bad yeah i don't know so anyway he was people would always be like i saw your dad driving down the street because you had the bad mofo (laughs) anyway i've only had to have it um touched up once i don't know if that's what you were asking surprises me inside the finger typically takes touch-ups pretty often yeah i just this is i've had it for three years and i've the the o is a little but for the most part it looks pretty good you also have a wishbone on your wrist Hmm? and this is my for my favorite dog of all time and his name was Skeeter, and he had a wishbone. He was a boxer, and on his neck, he had a white spot that looked exactly like a wishbone. Nice. So, yeah. anytime, yeah, this is just my area for all those things, I guess. Fair enough. If I got said Spider-Man tattoo, it would literally it would be my first one. I don't have any. Oh, mm. there you go. Yeah. Well, it's a good though because Astro Zombies doesn't. They have a tattoo policy. It's very strict. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You it's, have to have them. You have yeah, to you have, have to have them. So we gotta get to be heavily tattooed. You have to have at least fourteen of them to work here. Man. I haven't counted the number of I tattoos. I lied in on my application time. and said they were all like on my back. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it says all kinds of weird stuff yeah. on your butt. <laughs> on my butt, yeah. Have you guys seen, sorry, I, we keep digressing. Have you seen The King of Staten Island, anybody? Judd Apatow's latest new movie? I haven't, but it's I heard good. about it and, yeah. and it looks good. There's some good There's some good tattoo humor in that movie that um, is worth watching. Do you kind of know the background of that movie at all? That it's uh, Pete Davidson's, like, kind of his own story. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like, really good. He was great. Oh, uh, his dad was a firefighter who died in 9-11. Yeah. Oh, awful. And, yeah, so his, basically, that movie is sort of, a, it's like an alternate autobiography where it's like, this is what my life would have been if I'd never found comedy. So, like, oh, he wow. totally sees himself as, like, I would have been a bum who just had tons of dad issues and like 
Yeah, so but I haven't seen it. <laughs> it. It was good, and I anything Judd Apatow makes, I'm here for. For the most I love part, Judd yeah, Apatow. Absolutely. I like most of the stuff. I feel like I, don't like all I feel of like he kind of resurrected the raunchy comedy. For sure, yeah, we talked about that before, yeah, haven't yeah. we? Yeah, the Porky's. Oh, I think that my problem, yeah. yeah okay. My problem is when he strays from that. A lot of times, he tends to make things that are a little overlong and unfunny. Right. Uh, this is so poignant that I'm kind of bored. Yeah. Do you oh, see gotcha. funny people? It's like it with Adam Sandler and uh, that was definitely a miss. Not, but if good. you if you see his whole, like everything he's done in comparison, sometimes I forget. I'm like, oh yeah, that's shut. Oh yeah, that's yeah. shut up. Oh shit, that's you know. There's a lot of things that that you that you like that you don't realize is shut up. Yeah. Right? I think she just got mad at you. She was all like, he didn't make that movie. That one was garbage. <laughs> no, I said he made it. I was just yeah, saying. It sounded like, like a joke. Like you got, I got defensive. very defensive. Like, I'm no, 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 sorry. that one's the one that we like don't like. We don't. We don't talk about that one. Yeah, no, I didn't like that movie. We either. don't talk about that. And Jason gets a hit. He's on the floor, out, <laughs> snoring. Oh, wow. Bad mofo. <laughs> like, I know, right? And you guys are like <laughs> one punch. Yeah. So, anyways, the box. <laughs> the box was full of a whole bunch of not much. Um, there was a few Golden Age in there, and and they. You know, they brought this kind of eclectic collection of things. They bought a Sleepwalker number one, which means okay. they were they were like, okay, I'll bring some number ones and yeah. some stuff. And of course, Sleepwalker number one is worth so little that like you would have to pay somebody to take one. Right. But um, I'm going through it, and I was like ready to pass in the box, and I'm getting near the end, and I was like, oh god, there was a whole there was a, a Judge Dread number one. Which you think be okay. worth a ton of money, but it's not. No, but um, I mean, it, it has an audience. It's at super least. cool. Yeah. I haven't I haven't seen one in quite some time, yeah. so it was nice to see it. Was it and like the, super overprinted? Is that why that book's not worth much? Well, or? I mean, it's not the first appearance of Judge. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, that, he he, you know, two thousand AD stuff. It's just it was yet another. It's once one. The, the magazine that he was in got kind of popular. They gave him his own comic. Gotcha. And remember, he was in magazine style comics mm-hmm. stuff yeah. before that. So this was comic book style comic, and it just. People just didn't care quite as much. I mean, oh, that's yeah. sort of like so kind of, if you will, that's kind of when he transferred over into popularity is out of the you magazine could say issues, yeah, out of the comics, obscure British comics magazine. That, right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Gotcha. Um, but then, lo and behold, I pull out a Fantastic Four forty eight. I'm like, what the? <laughs> and, yeah. and, and as a as a buyer of people's collections, I have to keep my cool. And, and be like, oh, yeah, this it's is a good hard, man. That, that bead, sw- bead of sweat is just all like... <laughs> that's, that's what happens to me is is my my uh, my hands. Like, I you know, I'm flipping through these books. I'm like, garbage, garbage, garbage. Oh, God. My hands get kind of shaky and I like get like a cold sweat. <laughs> yeah. So... So I try to be, I'm honest with, with the people that are selling me Right, comics. and you have yeah. to be. I right, mean, but I mean, you know, there's a, there's a, you still have to have a poker face, like, so that, this is a good book. So that when they walk out the door, they're not like, well, wow, those guys really tried to screw me. I'm going to give them a one-star review. Right, right, right. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, if, you, if you bring comics to me to sell, you've got to know that you're not going to get retail, because I have to get retail. Mm-hmm. Right, that's exactly. Whole, that's a whole You know, I, I'm not a trading because I want it on my wall. When people and when people miss that point, they come in and try and sell stuff, not just to you, but to anybody in, yeah. in any format. When you want to get retail, go to eBay, right? Mm-hmm. However, when you go to eBay, eBay's taking a cut of it. You know, Absolutely. everybody's going to get their slice of the pie because eBay has to pay their bills this comic book shop has to pay their bills. That's that's how that the best circulates. way to get retail out of a comic book is to own 
a comic book store. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I know, I know, it's weird, but you it's know what? Weird. There's a lot of overhead, <laughs> so we'll let other people do it. And 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 that's the thing is, you right. know, uh, we get compared to eBay prices pretty often, and we pull our prices from eBay. Right. Yeah. But well, it gives it allows us to see in real time what people are willing to pay for a book. The problem is a lot of the eBay sellers. I mean, they they you know they're. Sell them out of their car or their, yeah. you know, at home in their garage. There's no overhead. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I pay for employees. I pay for rent. I pay for uh, electricity. Yeah. We have a diamond account. That's not free. No. Yeah. I mean, you know, like Lord there's a lot of not. stuff that goes into this. And if you tried to open up a comic book store on your own, guess what? You're not going to be doing selling new comics because you have to have a diamond. And it doesn't. They're not going to give a, the account to anybody. You have to work for it and you have to earn it. Yeah. Which weird, is weird. People don't understand that, but. So, needless to say, the box was almost complete garbage until... Boom, you hit it. Yeah. Like, right, and that's, okay. that's why I, nev- I always tell people, bring in the whole collection. Don't try and pick the things that you think are going to be valuable. There's more than once where people have come in with a collection that's just nothing. In and then, the- I, then they go, well, I left Amazing Spider-Man 129 at home because I didn't think you would care about an old Spider-Man. I'm like, what? Right, what? like that's Ooh. the one you need like, in No, here. no, we, we want the and old then, Spider-Man. Then when I wake yeah. up off the floor, I'm like, can you bring me Amazing 129, please? <laughs> yeah, check it out. I'll just look at it. I'll just tell you. Yeah, 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 yeah. fine. I'll and look. I'll shoot you straight, you know. I mean, you're going to get a percentage of what... It's going to be, I'm not going to hide it, you know, Amazing Spider-Man 300 doesn't, comes in and I'm not going to be like, well, you don't have anything. Because I've heard other shops where they're like, uh, this is Amazing Spider-Man number one isn't worth anything, but 300's hot, so I'll give you $400 for all of it. Right. Yeah. That happens, a local shop, to a friend of ours. He passed Ooh. away, his parents, yeah. we don't know why they didn't bring him here. Yeah. But his parents took it to their local shop, which is out of town, and they were offered a small chunk of chains. And they were like, okay, we're going to try another shop. And then they went to a different shop, and I don't know why they didn't bring it here. But anyway. Wasn't it first 100 ASM? that? It was the first 400 ASM. Oh, God. That's even worse. <laughs> so there was, you know, there was 298. Yeah. There was a 300. There was a 1. There was a 2. There was a 6. I mean, you know. I'm with you, Jess. I'm not a big Spider-Man fan, so okay. I don't know the importance of each of those issues, but a lot of our <laughs> listeners will. And Jason's these guys having, Jason's having a panic attack now. Well, <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing, man. They got $1,000 for the whole collection. The thing is, I am a local comic shop. So I, yeah. A, a coverless Amazing Spider-Man number one is worth twice that. Right. Uh, one sucks. in decent shape is like a six-figure book. Right. A good, a good condition yeah. Amazing Spider-Man number one is a six-figure book. Damn. It's crazy. Right. So so they completely jacked them over, and that's what I'm never going to want to be done. Yes, I'm going to give you less than it's worth right. because that's how I make my money. Right. And sometimes we might see a book comes in that, like, man, we we can't offer you. What, right, yeah. What, I, mean, what, I was about to ask, so what happens if something comes in that's worth, you know, $5,000? Do you I shell say, out that cash, I or do you? get it graded and take it to an auction house. Here's an Action Comics number one, 9.8. That's awesome. I can't afford that. <laughs> that doesn't exist, but yeah. <laughs> it probably doesn't exist. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That can't imagine. I mean, if there's so a 9 you, of that you book. You missed exactly what I was telling yeah, the story yeah, yeah. about, it but that's fine. It was a joke, man. <laughs> <laughs> if there's an action, like, it's got to be like a file copy if it's in that good of shape. There but to your copy. point, absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, um, and to your point, uh, as far as I'm going to try and buy that book, I will make them an offer. If it's a book that I'm like, I have to have this book. I will go higher than my normal per- per- percentage just because I don't want somebody else to get this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you, you know. guys all have like, I'm sure this is, pro- this, as soon as I'm asking the question, like you guys, you all know what your collections are worth then I don't. or no? 
Uh, I have a round about, but I mean... You have a round number that you told your insurance company, but... <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. it's insured? <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. Well... <laughs> yeah. If it, gets, if, it gets, if it gets valuable enough, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, you, it represents a significant investment. Yeah. And absolutely. And it holds value. I would value. say my toy and comic book collection could be close to, but it's not. But it's getting towards six figures. Toys or collecting near that. collector's items? All of it. I'm just saying. All of it. We don't collect toys. I mean. Oh, I collect toys. Okay. I collect action figures. Fair enough. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not picky Chad. like that. I'm yeah. not I'm not too manly to admit that I play with toys. I mean, who right. the hell cares? Like, that's the thing. I've got the Millennium Falcon, the two and a half foot one, and I still pick it up and fly it around is that the every legacy? once in a while. <laughs> the, I forget which one it is. At the time, it was like the biggest one or whatever, and. That's a legacy. Like, cool. the, I was like, that warms my heart and also makes me want to make fun of you all at the same time. <laughs> hey, man, you wouldn't be the first. I recently <laughs> got a Black Series TIE Fighter. Ooh. So, Those I are mean, cool. Those are big, really cool. Man. It's yeah. massive. And every time I walk in the room, I just light up with a huge smile like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> there so it is. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I've got tons of other awesome toys in the same room. But it's one of the newer ones, and it's so gigantic that it's just enamoring. <laughs> and those, awesome yeah. those Black Series, those were awesome when they came out. I yeah. mean, they're, they just still look are great. Awesome. They've, yeah, they've yeah, gotten that's better I mean, over but. time, yeah. Yeah, if anything, they've Black Series has only gotten better. Yeah. Cool. So, so what, what else? Well, I was going to say, what else was that all that was in the book? Was uh, uh, There was a Fantastic Four number seven. There number was a, seven? Yeah, yeah, number seven. So 48 was the first appearance of... Galactus, Galactus, Galactus and, and Silver Surfer, Surfer. Yeah. Yes. and it's roached like it's a beat up copy. It's a one, one point five if we're lucky. Okay, I mean, but it's still an expensive book. Oh yeah, it's I worth mean, some money yeah. right. in that I mean, condition. That's what people other. That's a thing that people still will overlook as well. They're like, oh well, none of these books are worth anything. It's like, well, yeah, none of those books are worth anything, but that one is worth three hundred dollars. Right. Yeah, that one is worth getting. Right, this whole collection. I'll buy the whole collection for that one book. Then yeah. I'm stuck with a whole and bunch of dollar rest, books, but I well, can get rid of it. Well, the rest of, of it goes in dollar bins or in right. grab bags and stuff. Um, however, that uh, that Fantastic Four book is spoken for already. So. Yeah, we already oh, wow. sold we yeah. already sold that book. <laughs> the, yeah. There was a guy standing there watching me do the deal. Yeah, and as soon as just, I was done, he's like, "So, can I buy that?" Yeah. <laughs> so when did that when did that box come in? How long? Uh, ago? About two o'clock today. Yeah, that so, sounds about right. Was that? book i bought in that box uh which one did you buy dark empire yes oh wow yeah yeah that was in there yeah i walked yeah, in yeah, yeah. i walked in and i saw dark empire it was a trade paperback so it's the whole series and i was like that's my favorite star wars book ever i need that because it's beat up and it's a reader copy and yeah. i've got a good copy at home mm-hmm. <laughs> like so now i get to read it again and open it, it i was like, gonna so do excited. the same thing i was gonna take it home and read it but i put it out there just just for sale because i have the gold foil versions of that book that I haven't read. And I've read the story a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, 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 far away. away. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, I'm not going to read those copies. Um, there was also a Kiss number one in there. Um, is that the one with their blood? It's got their blood in it, yeah. Okay. Man, that has come up like 600 times today. The well, blood. I mean, it like, was a big yeah. deal, 1977, I believe. Like... It was a big deal. They took pictures. It was a like a large pub- publicity like if stunt. I, if I have to hear about Kiss's blood one more time. <laughs> What's weird is when Gene Simmons cut himself, the blood sucked back up into him and he had to squeeze it because he didn't want to go. 
You're looking at me like you believe in me, and it's not true. No, I'm I'm looking at you because I, like, is this a joke? I'm just not getting. <laughs> it's not even funny. <laughs> like, why Why would you even say that? <laughs> well, it, oh yeah, that's right. You whenever done you there. whenever you do that, I'm thinking, is this a great joke? And I just don't understand the reference. No, it was garbage. Or, it was okay. the worst joke of the night, probably. And you're welcome. <laughs> and you're welcome. <laughs> so yeah, there was there was there was a handful of decent books. Fantastic Four Seven. Kiss number one, but here's the thing: the back cover is torn off. Oh, so wow. even in okay. best condition now, it's a twenty-five, thirty-dollar book. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll I'll go ahead and start this week. I usually don't start, so that's um, yeah. You're right. That was a much better get up segue. So you don't start. Yeah. Don't start, don't get start the fire here. Um, so oh, Marvel so Marvel's putting out uh, <laughs> comic, comic books. books. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> they do that. Explain these to me. Comic books. Yeah, I'm like me. I know, right? I'm like I don't actually know what I'm doing, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I'm just I'm just trying my best. I love that um, opening picture, by the way. Cool. So so I read this week uh, Juggernaut number one, uh, Marvel book by uh, writer Fabian Nicieza. Nicieza, thank you. Uh, artist is Ron Garney, who is great. Colorist Matt Matt Miller, um, and it's like Jay Dilla, but different. But only different. Um, <laughs> but so, a totally different person, a totally different profession, and spelled different. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, so the the I got my notes over here. I'm trying to talk into the microphone and off to the side. Um, one of the things that Marvel's doing right now is they're putting uh, "Rest in Power" Chadwick Boseman, 1976 to 2020, on their books, um, which is very sweet. It's very nice. Um, we we lost something very special there but i think that um film wise film speaking i think that they'll be able to 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 bring that story up and in a powerful way i think the transition of power will be good let's hope so yeah um so i mean i could talk about that for hours let's talk about the book i read juggernaut juggernaut number one um the soft open you turn you turn the first page i am going to go ahead and read it uh spoiler alert for all these books we're just going to talk how we want to talk this is the first page a mystic gem a force of overwhelming power nothing can stop the juggernaut except himself another building falls another building falls another building falls Cain marco is done letting others pick up the pieces of the things he has destroyed so my initial thought was like no what? Not another like villain redemption story, like, like Venom, the thing I was talking. Right, about like <laughs> villains. And I were, was like, "Ooh, are we redeeming Juggernaut now?" <laughs> you were excited about Jason it. Jason gets excited. Ooh. Chad and I throw the book out the window. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I oh. love a redemption story. Do I don't mind yeah. it, but I I have problems when when they're just in this one. Like that's the focus. Where I know yeah. I know how like cliched and. And everything they can be, but it just gets me. It just gets me every time. Okay, All right. I get Fair it. Enough. I get it. Don't judge me, Chad. Okay, I'm not judging Too anyone. Late. I feel judged. judging him so hard. <laughs> um, so, so I said, "Oh no, is this a redemption story?" Um, you know. So basically, he's he's working for Damage Control. Um, if you don't know who Damage Control is, is they. Um, they do exactly that. Like after the big superhero fights, and there's all this rubble everywhere. They go in and, and fix all the stuff that they need to tear down the buildings that aren't standing anymore, or you don't have to tear down a building that's not standing anymore, but you know <laughs> what I meant. The ones that are barely standing. Thank you. Maybe there the you pieces go. that are still up. <laughs> there you go. Um, and so they're, they're using Juggernaut to do that. They're just like, 
hey, he's the demolition service. Right, exactly. And, um, you know, some of the things that as I as I actually began to began to read it, like I, you know, give it its its fair chance. And the art that Ron Garney has in here, I think is great. Like you were talking about that first page with Juggernaut. That's yeah. actually after that open. His new suit is really cool. cool I like it. So did you guys think as he rose out of the rubble pile, I thought, oh, these guys are dead. That's exactly oh, yeah, what I sure. thought. Yeah, yeah. I thought I didn't realize that they were damage control at first, and I thought they had done something to him because uh, they're talking about like, you know, oh, I can't believe he mm-hmm. like gets used to being buried alive. I couldn't stand it, and he pops up, and he's like, "No, I hate it." Like, yeah, every time. So the time, first, the first terrible. page is definitely like trying yeah. to pull the wool over your eyes and making you think that these guys, oh, these and guys are looks, done for. And he looks so menacing on that page, right? Which is a which great is drawing. I love it. Um. And so, like, kind of, you know, it's it again. It's part of a redemption story. There's kids that are that are kind of hiding out in there, um, and he tries to help them, but they're like obviously when you have yeah homeless teens are squatting in the buildings that he's being paid. Yeah, it's like, hey, these are this is our home. This is our home. Stop destroying these. He's like, we've got to fix it. So I have to destroy it before you. It turns out you're not paying anything for this place. So shut up. Also. It's gonna fall down anyway. So and he, and he, and he right. says that to him later. Yeah. Guys, this is dangerous. You're not gonna survive if it right. comes down. And so, um, so he meets, you know, he meets a girl there, and she's got mutant powers, but she doesn't like the. She's very upset about that. I'm not a mutant. She's <laughs> well. Uh, she explains why later, but anyway. Right, but we're not later. <laughs> Chad, you are spicy. I am spicy, <laughs> which is funny because I'm usually spicy towards him. It's, well, it's like it's an interesting, yeah. interesting dichotomy. I like to yeah. give Chad a hard time, but it's only because I like Chad. <laughs> well, anyway, uh. Uh, uncomfortable. Um, one of the things, one of the things I did like is her shirt has these three fingers up, and she's the shirt. It says "Read between the lines," so you so, can tell she's spicy. Yeah. I, it reminded me of fifth grade that shirt though right yeah it was like, like it's that very was adolescent the crap i used to say when i was a kid yeah like, mm-hmm. i can get away with b- giving the finger you want me to peel the banana yeah those sunglasses work for her i think <laughs> index finger <laughs> i do like those are those do you think those are something that have to do with like protecting her eyes from no, her powers i think she just uh she's, she's just, just cool she likes the way they look you know those are ba glasses like bro so one of the, one of the things I, I I don't like is when Marvel does this a lot. I think DC does it a lot too. Is when they do that, they have a cuss word in there, but it's all asterisks and pound signs mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. You know, for me, I'm like, you it's comics so, code, dude. It's PG thirteen, bro. Well, again, the comics code is not a thing anymore, right? But so, they're still based on that thought pattern, you know. They are. So my, my issue with that is if you're going to put a, a book like this and gear it towards someone at that level that's going to read it, don't put that in there because you're just making them think their own cuss words. Or they're like, hey, bro, I'm not going to ask my mom. What do you think this says? And they're going to come up with like something way worse than it actually <laughs> is. Right. So either be inventive be a, and don't take this the wrong way. <coughs> Be a good writer and write something else and don't rely on that crutch of just sure. being like, I can say whatever I want, asterisk, pound sign, exclamation point. So if you use cuss words in a constructive manner, they are very effective Correct. in portraying what you're trying to get across. So as as he's trying to talk to these kids, Juggernaut, he's, he's trying to let them know like, hey, you don't have to fight me. I'm not a jerk. 
I'm actually destroying these because it's dangerous to live here. Like, don't don't squat here. It's dangerous. Um, so they get into this little scuffle, and part of the building does fall down. So they end up in the hospital with this girl. And um, my fav- one of my favorite lines in this whole thing is uh, they're talking about her name. Her name is D-Cell. I don't know if this is a new character or what. It is. It is. First, appear- first appearance of D-Cell. First appearance of D-Cell. This is <laughs> Speculators, now juggernaut 25, number one. $25. Come get it. Astro Zombies. Uh, so he's like, you know, D-Cell makes you sound like a battery. She says, uh, juggernaut makes you sound like a... I got nothing. It's a, it's a cool name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, was like, I right laughed on. out loud at that part. I, I was like, too. awesome. I was like, that's really good. So so needless to say, needless to say, I um, I came around to the book, and it did this jumping back and forth, which generally I hate, but it's but it's a but it's a jumping back and forth because it's showing you memory and showing you what's going on now. It's not like, oh, we're gonna start the story here and cliffhanger, and then show you why it's a cliffhanger. Right, so it shows why he doesn't have his armor on, and he's got that new suit. Um, I think that was super good. I, like I, I personally costume. thought it was a really, really well done book, and I don't know if this is an ongoing or a limited series. I thought it was it's, limited. It's limited. I think it's a five issue mini. <sighs> See, the good ones are always short. well. That's why they make it. That's how they keep them being good. That's true. Like I mean, you have a contained like, story. Do you want a good? Do you want a good story for five issues, or do you want a? 25 issue stories that's only good for the first five you know um but yeah and then, i know, um, at the end of it you get a good you get a good trade paperback that you can like hand to a friend and say hey here's a good juggernaut story right you know exactly I mean? and i i'm that that teaser at the end of it the next issue i'm like super excited for so if 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 you're listening to this uh, Go out and buy Juggernaut. I'm on for number two. I'm on for the whole series. I would say come here and get it, but we are sold out already. <laughs> oh, did you guys sell out already? Yeah, yeah we, we sold out we, already. Uh, yeah, we sold that book yeah. today. We sold a lot of the good books that we sold they had today, for the most part, are all gone. People oh, wow. have been pre-ordering this book for months. Like okay. We, like, this book has been highly anticipated. Wow. I'm sorry that you can't come to Astro Zombies and get it. Well, we still have some copies that will be coming back in two weeks. Do we have some shortages? Yeah, we have shortages. shortages. Yeah. So there will be yeah. more. So come come be. check out Oster Zombies. As long as they fill my freaking order, you know? Yeah. yeah we, we had that. Assuming we don't we get allocated. That. And it's not the only book this week. There are several books that we did not get all of what we ordered. Yeesh. DC and Marvel. But yeah, that's that's my rant on so that So you're book. definitely reading the next issue? 100%. So yeah. Chris and I both read this book also because... It's a new number one, and we read all the new number ones in the shop. <laughs> yep. Um, but I'm definitely reading the next issue, too. Sweet. I, I also yeah, will be reading the next issue. Uh, Juggernaut's not one of my favorite characters, but he's always intrigued me. I've always enjoyed every Juggernaut ever. I never used to read Thor, and Ju- Thor was in some. Uh, um, Juggernaut was in some Thor books in the late 80s, um, 4, 408 through 412. And Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blown away that you remember that kind of stuff. <laughs> I don't remember it all, but anyways, so I, you know, it's got Thor holding Molnir, and it says nothing could stop the Juggernaut on the hammer, and the Juggernaut's just coming at him, and I was like, oh, I'm getting this book. Oh, that's you know? And cool. it was a really cool story, and it turns out it's actually the first appearance of the New Warriors as well, so it kind of worked out oh, wow. in a weird way where I just ended oh, up. Oh, I this. have that issue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got the, I was, it's funny, as I had a, because, you know, when you, when you're the guy that people know that likes comics, People will be like, oh, I've got these comics. Uh, do you want them? And I'm like, sure. sure. No, I'll just burn just, them. They just give you comics. Burn them all. <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, one, I had a coworker at Dion's who was like, I've got these comics. Do you want them? I'm like, sure. And he brought them, and that happened to be one of the issues that was in there was that first uh, New Warriors. So technically that first nice. New Warriors is, is right after. But because I liked that so much, I actually stayed on Thor for a few more issues. Just like, I was like, oh, cool. And like, so 408 to 412 or whatever. I think 411 is the technical first appearance of the See, you remember issue numbers like that? I remember it in terms of like what creators were on the run during right. that time. Right, and I can't do that half the time. Yeah, because I'd be like, oh, care. yeah, that was in the Bendis run back in the you know, late 2000s that, or whatever. That always impresses me about you. So there we go. <laughs> we've had know, each other's back. Today. Do you know much about uh, Juggernaut, Jess? I don't. Well, nothing can stop him. That's nothing. what you need to know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so okay. well, the only movie you would have seen him in is if you've seen X-Men, X-Men 3. 3. Which oh wait, no, that's not true at all. He's in Deadpool two, man. Oh, that's, oh, that's right. right. Yeah, and he's amazing in Deadpool. Yeah, he's 2. much better in Deadpool. Here's too. the thing: I didn't hate him in in X Men three. And no, I liked actually, the actor he was actually him. a good, good. That was a good. There was a lot of good things in that movie, but there's so much. They, took a, so dumb, much they awful. took a dumb meme and they and they put based the character around that meme, and it was annoying. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of so the Juggernaut is a stepbrother to Professor X, who is the you know the leader of the X Men basically, and. We looked this up this morning. Yeah. He's not actually a mutant. He's not a mutant like Professor X is. Okay. But he was no, always Mar- kind uh, of Kane Marco? Right. Yeah. No, yeah. He's, that's why it's the gem. Right. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And the gem power. is tied to Doctor Strange as well. Okay. Because the Agamotto. That makes sense. It's a, it's a magic gem. Right. And his yeah. power, he, his, he's, it connects him to the power of Sidorak, is the name of the god, right? I yep. think so. That's it, yeah. And uh, that's where his powers come from. Basically, so. he... Uh, once he gets momentum and he's moving, nothing can stop him. So he can blast through things. And but if you're able to stop him, like if you're able to make him lose that momentum, then okay. then he's vulnerable. He's yeah. been stuck in a block of ice for a year now. Okay, was it ice or concrete? I, I thought it was ice, but I mean, it would make more know, sense. Right. It was concrete because they mentioned it was icy concrete, concrete in the, in <laughs> the <laughs> book. It took a long really time for that cold. ice to melt. Yeah. <laughs> <Concrete>. <laughs> it was in a, well, he was in a freezer, so <laughs> <laughs> he was stuck in a, a block of ice. But I mean, if he just gets momentum in one little finger, it's then over. he can break it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the so a lot of times the only way to beat him was for like a telepathic character to sure. like you know mind blast him or whatever. Right. So what that big helmet he wears, that big dome helmet. Is to it's like Magneto's helmet. It mm. protects him from from telepathy. Cool. So the so uh, the thing if, was always the X Men like get his helmet off, and then Professor X can finish him off. Yeah. Stop him. Uh, and that's if you if you if you understand that's his power is that momentum, and you take the words of that new character D Cell. Mm-hmm. That's what. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She can she can she slows down kinetic energy, okay. to like a snail's pace. So I think it's really cool. And at first I was like, oh. So she's his kryptonite, basically. Right. And but she didn't use it on him, which I thought was interesting. Not yet. It was, yeah, it was an interesting way that she, she had used it. Because right. She was she using protected to him, like, I think. Well, she was using it to like keep the building from falling down or whatever. Right. It was. It, she was well, slowing down the rubble as it fell. Right. So I think she was protecting herself and, and everybody, her and hmm. but then she ended but, up in the hospital. So. So it's cool that book. they kind of invented this character that's his kryptonite, basically. To you know, because she can slow him down, which hurts what makes him so powerful. Right. Right. So it's kind of cool. Like, I mean, but instead of it being like a thing that like pisses him off and makes him like, I'm gonna take you down. It, it kind of endears her to him. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. He, he. There's a connection now. Yeah. For whatever reason. Because it's the bad. Because he's generally a villain, but right. now he's starting to become. Well, a I, good I asked. Guy. I asked Chris mm-hmm. about this this morning because I don't have a ton of like history with Juggernaut. 
So I asked, I was like, is Juggernaut like, has he, is he usually like just arch villain usually, or is he kind of like just sort of in it for himself and so um, not I mean, without, not without a heart basically. I don't, I don't know his full history or anything like that, but I do have his number one appearance. Uh, anyway, what's his first? Is appearance? that X Men? X Men five, five, four, four. It five? might be. S- it's in F. the. It's before <laughs> ten. So <laughs> yeah. which run? The X Men. Oh, the, the original Uncanny X Men. It wasn't called Uncanny X Men. Yeah. Okay. Just so X-Men. he's he's been he, he's old school then. Yeah. He's one of the originals. He's Lee and Kirby. And so I, I don't think he was related to Pref- no, Professor X at the time. Then. That's like a like an after thing. Yeah. yeah. And so his but his thing has always been. I think that the idea of the character was number twelve. What oh, was it? Number twelve. Yeah. All oh, right. That was, oh, we wow. were so wrong. So off. Um, my comic book. <laughs> but. Uh, I think back then the idea was that he was just this guy that was dumb as a box of rocks. And like, cause you just, you throw him through buildings. And back then, he's I mean, comic ball, books were, right. He's, exactly. He's, he's the henchman. Yeah. Yeah. And he was one of professor X's, uh, wasn't he in the, the mutants of, uh, you're talking the about evil, the, the league of the evil league mutants. Of, yeah. Brotherhood of evil mutants. There you go. Brother. Thank you. The, the league, league of, of extraordinary evil. gentlemen. <laughs> right. The evil <laughs> league of evil. Anyway, so that was that was my book, um, The Legion of Mutants. So what, uh, Chris? What did? Why don't you go next? What did you? Read? I'm going to go next. Uh, I read the Immortal She-Hulk. Okay. Um, Al Ewing is the writer who's doing all the immortal stuff, and then um, John Davis is the artist, and he's he did video games initially. Uh, he did. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, he did all the dirt and the Forza games. And that's kind of oh, okay. where he gained stardom because, like, you know, Forza's huge. Yeah. And those oh, dirt yeah. games, I don't know if you played those games, but they're super fun. I mean, yeah, it's just cool. kind of mindless, but it's super fun. Um, and and they, they, they do well. He also worked on Judge Dredd, um, and he resurrected Wildstorm with Jim Lee at DC. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So so now you know. And Al Ewing, you know, was a, was a writer, and now he's been doing a lot of stuff yeah, for Marvel. Yeah, I remember in the New 52 when they brought the Wildstorm characters to DC, and then so that sick, totally though. stuck, and all those characters are totally still around? <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you're wondering if that's sarcasm, it's that was so much sarcasm. That was 100% sarcasm. So much. They, they the killed the Wildstorm one, book about two years ago. The like, only yeah. one that's kind of still around is Grifter. Like the, the oh, old, yeah. Kind of, yeah. A lot, most of the, it's funny because I was going through a box of old image today, um, which is just a blast from the past and a, and a recollection of insanity. I'm not, I was never a huge fan of that stuff. I, I mean, I, I got some of it, you know, I read Wildcats. I was really excited for Jim Lee's stuff. Um, Mark Silvestri was one of my favorite artists at the time. So the Cyber Force stuff was really cool to me. Then Eric Larson was doing Savage Dragon and I still think Savage Dragon's a cool character. He's like, he's like a dragon that's a cop. Um, different than anything they were doing in Marvel. Yeah. And then, of course, Sam Keith's The Max is my favorite of all of that stuff, and I still have the Max tattoos. And yeah, I, I, But there's not a lot of the image stuff that I really liked. So when when all of it failed, I was like, yeah, I saw that coming. Same with the Valiant stuff. I'm just like, I was never into that stuff. And I'm not trying to say that I know all and be all. It's just that as a kid, just not for I you felt, yeah, I was like, oh, cool, I'm reading more X-Men that's not X-Men. I don't even have a history behind these characters. I'm just going to go back to X-Men. Yeah, yeah. And that's really. Why would I read the X Men ripoffs when I can just right. read X Men? Oh, oh, yeah. Spawn's cool for the first ten issues, and then you're like, oh wait, this is Venom. Yeah. Uh, oh, he weird. Out. It's almost he like Todd Mc... after Venom. Yeah, it's yeah almost I'm... like Todd McFarlane's a one trick pony or something. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come after us. <laughs> Thanks, Todd McFarlane. Ching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But needless to say, um, I read this this Immortal She Hulk and okay. Um, 
Al Ewing kind of made the the Hulk character more than just a two dimensional kind of like. I've always loved the Hulk because of what he's all about. Um, Me too. You know, he's just misunderstood. And he can't control his anger, and I, that that resonates with me. So, so Bruce Banner has always been sort of the complicated character in the in the Hulk mythos. So, I think, do you think that the one of the things Al Ewing has done is he's actually made the Hulk interesting instead of just this mindless beast that destroys things? Absolutely, he's pissed off. If you if you're not reading Immortal Hulk, one go do it because it's amazing. Two, um, go do it. Because it's amazing. And three, those books have barcodes on them, and you shouldn't throw them out yeah, because those are actually worth some money. <laughs> yeah. The, those first few Immortal Hulk books are already worth money, so yeah. Yeah, and they were right away because it wasn't – people didn't latch onto it immediately. Nobody had high expectations for another Hulk book. It turns out it's almost horror, and it's it's pretty damn good. Um, I passed on it at the time because I was like, ah, I'm not really a Hulk guy, and I'm not really a horror guy. So like a horror take on the Hulk, I'm I'm good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And yeah. now I kind of kick myself because it seems like he's like they're putting out really good stuff. So 100. And now that it's book's been solid since go. And yep. now it's like so far. I'm so far behind at this point that I have to play. I have to play a lot of catch up. So they were supposed to end at, at I believe number 16, and now they're almost at 40. Yeah, because um, like uh, the Marvel's like Al, um, this is selling great. so much money. Please, <laughs> so good. Please, please do more. And and he is. Please do and, fifty more. <laughs> and not only that, but he's he's tying in all this other stuff. So I love this book, but I have some issues with it. Um, okay. So I thought of you, Chad, immediately. And anytime any story skips around, apparently right. I'm going to only think about you. Uh, That's the fair. first the first That's word in the book is then, usually. which tells you this was then. And it's it's basically rehashing her origin story. And if you don't know her origin story, she was uh, a lawyer, a big time lawyer, and she was gunned down by a mob that she was going to be prosecuting, mob hitman or whatever. So they decided they would offer. Well, fortunately, like Bruce Banner was near the little. Uh, there's like a um, gun shell. The second page, the yeah. little window in the middle that just shows the spent cartridge flying out of the gun i like that and a little bit of smoke it's a nice touch it's good it, it reminds me of what we were you talking about last week with the the um I, i'm not gonna remember so anyways so it shows <laughs> it shows her getting shot basically and she dies but the good news is that bruce banner was there and he gives her a blood infusion but if you don't know about bruce banner he's the hulk so guess what it turns her into it turns into a hulk now it shows her falling into this cavern and then there's this green rectangle well, which becomes important in a minute. Okay, cool. Um, this didn't happen in originally, though. She no. just died, and she came yeah. back. This book is Al Ewing's way of tying She-Hulk into the Immortal Hulk mythos. The Immortal Hulk now has something called the Green Door. It's like a lower level of hell. It's actually supposedly below hell. Hell at least has organization and, and subsex, and, and it makes sense. He, he Hulk's dad, uh, I believe his name is Brian, um, I think so. basically Brian. is like... Oh yeah, I'm stuck down here, and it's way worse than hell. I was in hell, and it was cool. This is garbage. <laughs> we had fun. <laughs> right, I was right. hanging out with Satan and Saddam. That was the shit. <laughs> right, exactly. So now, you know, now he's like, "Oh, this is terrible." This book is a lot of jumping around, flashbacking, um, and I had a little bit of issue with it, but it, it's it's pretty smooth in the way it does it, and I feel that most of the flashbacks are pretty important. This is a, you know, this is just a. When was the last time She-Hulk had her own book? Right. The 80s. And so the question, I, I 
I'm sure you're getting to it. So I'm yeah. Just I'm, ask it. Okay. Um, <laughs> the the jumping back and forth. I mean, that's to set up the retcon to change her story to make it fit this story so that she's a part of Immortal Hulk. Basically, okay. yeah. And 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 so you know the the Green Door is is like a new construct within the last two years. This character's been around since the 70s. The Hulk's right. been around since the 60s. So there was never actually a Green Door in the past. But how do you make a compelling story? 50 years after the character has been invented, you bring up new shit. Just like even though I complain about Null, it makes sense to have this guy who's, you know, from the beginning of time, finally show up. And, I mean, otherwise you just, oh, cool, we have Thanos again. And, oh, here's here's Annihilus and, you know, all the same characters. you got to come up with new stuff. Yeah, it's going to retcon into history and you're going to be like, why was this guy not brought up before? But it's because. <laughs> it's because they didn't think of him then. Yeah, they didn't it's, think of him then. We thought of him now. And that's basically what this stories. book is doing. Are you following me? It's the challenge of, of, of superhero books where these mythologies are 75, 80 years old yeah. sometimes. What do you do to change things up sometimes? Right. you got to retcon stuff. And that's what this book is going to be. She dies several times. She's talking about all the deaths and how they affect her. And then she ends up going to... And this is my favorite if you even know anything about Chris Losek. Loves Wolverine. Okay. Wolverine's in this book. Sweet. So so here's the thing. She basically talks to a whole bunch of immortals. She talks to Thor because they're kind of doing their thing, right? Yeah, she they're, to, they're hooking up. Right, right. Oh. She Thor talks to Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of that a cool kind of line. I mean, like, big I like blonde that guy, couple. big green chick. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're both really stupid. Imagine the... <laughs> I mean, no, but Jen, Jen's not. I mean, yeah. she. it's funny because the way she talks is like the Hulk, so she has like... Sentence structures all messed up. Yeah, well, but she's still a lawyer. Sure, and that's yeah. been only recent though. And they, they actually explain that. Yeah, in yeah. this, right? They explain why she's been. Rich oh, different. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's like been a thing that that in Jason the Avengers has been alluding to for the last like, this two book years worth of Avengers talks books. about a ton of stuff that's happening in the Marvel universe and other books. A ton of it talks about Empire. It talks about oh, Krakoa and the X Men stuff. Um, here's Captain Marvel and and Tony Stark. Um, oh, because that was Civil War Two, right? Right, that right. one because she died during Civil War Two. Yes, II. yes. Okay. Um, she died. Thanos killed her. Um, Damn. Yeah, she's been dead a few times. That looks and she basically brutal. was like getting with Wolverine. Let's let's go have a beer and let's talk about how you deal with death because even though it's not new to me, I'm struggling with it right now. And so you know, her and, and he's him done it like a million times. He so. dies a lot. <laughs> yeah. And 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 you know, he's kind of like, well, hey, you know, it's a little different. We were dead for a while. You come back almost immediately. So there's definitely a difference, but you just got to get used to it. And you're not even, you don't even know yet. Her and Thor have a conversation about how, you know, he's he's in the middle of his immortality. He's been immortal for millennia already. Well, She is just barely getting started at being immortal. You know, right. She's only been there for 40 years. Or the Norse gods have a cycle of death and rebirth, though. So That's right. in here, too. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, basically, it boils down to, hey, we're all going to die. Even immortals die. It's just how do you deal with everybody else around you dying, and how do you deal with that death every time it happens? Yeah. How do you how do you deal with outliving everyone you love? Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, in, you know, immortality is a focus, and her like trying to handle that idea because you know all the little spoiler guys. If you haven't read Immortal Hulk, I would say hold your ears for a second. The Green Door is the door out of hell, but not hell, the lower level of hell. And unfortunately, your only gamma-radiated individuals can use the door. They haven't really explained it. It has something to do with his dad. And I think they explained it in Mortal Hulk, but I don't 
If they did, I, so I read books sometimes, and I'm like, I liked it, and I close it, and then I'm yeah. like, hey, what happened? Happen? No. And then you <laughs> what open did the I just ne- read? You open the next issue, you're like, huh. <laughs> I don't so know so needless to say, when she gets when she dies again, she's down in the lower level of hell, and there is Hulk's dad, her uncle Brian, and he kind of like has a conversation with her. And wait, 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 wait. So Uncle Brian. So Jen, Hulk's dad. Yeah. Her Jen, stepdad. Or her she's, uncle because she's she's, she's Bruce cousin. Banner's cousin. I didn't know they were related. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. 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 They're, That's like why he was around is because. Okay. You know. I thought he was. Okay. Thank you. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, so just did, did you see that first Hulk movie that came out? I did, but and, I don't remember. Okay. There's, the there's a little one? bit of a scene there where they're, really like they're in movie. the desert still and, and it's showing the the issue with the dad and Bruce as a kid. Mm. So like that's kind of a storyline. Right. The There's like a, he has a, it's like a fever dream of sorts okay. where he remembers cause he had basically blocked it out. Sure. Right. Um, he remembers his father killing his mother and then, and testing and, things and, on himself and the right. kid. And right. Yeah. Right. His yeah. dad's a, and they're actually really going into that <laughs> right. you know, the immortal Hulk <laughs> stuff where they're really going into how bad his dad was and yeah. his dad tries to basically take him over and control the Hulk and all this crazy stuff Immortal Hulk is a great book um, this is also a good book but it it's just a lot of skipping around talking about what's going on in the Marvel Universe making it all kind of fit this is a piece of the puzzle it sounds right. to me almost like this is a one shot to be like, hey, here's a little bit of history on Jennifer Walters so that we can bring her into the. Absolutely. She's going to be a big Ab- part of it's, it's, it's probably the climax that, of the Immortal Hulk. Yeah, it's story. bridging that gap. Yeah, so this, is, this is so that she and the leader and General Ross and Scar and all these guys are basically all part of the Immortal storyline and they're all immortal to a point. Yeah. But. And I'm not going to spoil this. Um, look at this. Before I get to what I was about to say, there's a splash page in here of Thor wrecking Galactus, and it's yeah. freaking it's, amazing. It's almost it's really as good. good. It's almost as good as the double page spread from the actual Thor. Is book. it? Yeah. See, I, I, almost as good. The, almost. I mean the 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 Thor book. It's like the centerfold, so it's like right. a two page splash. That's this, but it looks way cooler. Just <laughs> bigger. So, so Thor's like, hey man, you know we all have our things, and you know I just wrecked. Galactus, and he's immortal, but he's dead now. He came from you know? a different universe. Right, like right. He, came, he saw the he end of the universe. The of he the saw the, the birth of multiverses, and now that dude's toast. So we're even immortals die. It's what you do with the time in between, and that's kind of what this book is about. It's a it's a stepping stone, a a a, a, um, a link to all the immortal it's stuff. More of a stepping off point. Kind of. It, it's to you know they go into the Kotati stuff. She talks about how they killed her. But because of the green door, she hung out with Uncle Brian for a minute and then was like, all right, I'm out of here. See ya. And then she comes back and then she wrecks in the Kotali and all that stuff. However, the last time she dies, she finds the leader down there. And she's like, whatever, I'm going back to life and you're stuck down here. And he's like, you guess wrong. And then I can't tell you anymore. But Oh, does he mess with her brain or something? Well, she feels different when she wakes up. So he definitely does something. I'm like, I like not going to tell you, but we're just going to talk about it anyway. It's <laughs> just filling a plot point that, that's been like my, like a thing with Avengers for me. Because She-Hulk's been like on the current Avengers team. So I've been like, why is she dumb? I like She-Hulk better when she's not dumb. And that's always been the cool thing about She-Hulk is that she's not 
this kind of mindless monster like the Hulk. Yeah. But the Hulk's not a mindless monster now either. Yeah, she like comes into a courtroom and she's big and green and she's still, you know, she's a lawyer. She's yeah. still right. a lawyer. <laughs> I've so, always loved that. Um, the Hulk now is smarter than Bruce Banner. When he's when he's in Hulk form, he's actually more intelligent than Bruce Banner. And I don't know if it's because Bruce Banner is just a zombie who's there to like kind of satiate the Hulk when he's sleeping and kind of take over the role. But they talk about it in like the first issue where he's like, I'm cloudy. I don't know what's going on. I don't I think I can think, but I know that I'm not thinking the way I used to. And then when people ask him to help with stuff, he's like, I don't know. And so they've made the Hulk kind of the smart one. Not the smarter one, but he's just as smart as Bruce Banner. It's it's weird. And he also talks about Mr. Fix-It. Um, right. Mr. Fix-It was the Gray Hulk, and right. he, he was the one that was smart. Monster Hulk. Right. right. Yeah. Well, he wasn't smart. He was he was able to, to have conversations. He was, like, smart like we're smart, you know? Right. Intelligent, but not <laughs> yeah. super smart. Bruce yeah. Banner is freaking smart. Right, but the Hulk in the Immortal Hulk book right now is not like that. Oh, did he did he change back or something? I think so, yeah. There may have been a small storyline okay. that was there, um, but he's still like, he still has well, those anger issues where people are punching him and he's like, stop it, that's not what I want. And then he's just getting more mad and he's right. like, leave me alone. Well, he, because he's, I mean, the Immortal Hulk, um, but like this version of Hulk has showed up in other Marvel stuff like during this during this immortal Hulk run and he shows up and he's just kind of, he's just kind of an, he's like, he's smart. Like he's definitely more intelligent than he's been in the past, but he's just an asshole. Like, Oh yeah. He's in it. Like he's got a plan that he's, that he's putting into motion and he like, there's a, there's a story in the, the fantastic four run recently where like he has like a straight, like a slug fest with the thing. And, I don't know why the, the thing, thing even tries, but go ahead. Yeah, well, the thing, well, things like, I don't know why you're like this right now, man. Like, yeah, we've we've had our fights in the past, but like, you are straight up evil right now, and that has to do with his father and and all gotcha. the stuff he just experienced in in that Immortal Hulk run. Um, I am going to read more of this, um, like think, wherever it leads. Yeah, wherever it leads, because yeah. this is a one shot. Yeah, yeah, it's a one shot. Um, unfortunately, I'm sure it's probably like I said, tying back into the Immortal Hulk run. It's just a way for them, for Al Ewing, to make sense of what he's about to do to us. Right. That's my guess. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't know what book to follow her in, where she's going. She's in the Avengers. Yeah, she's in so Avengers. That's where do I have to start picking up Avengers again? Um, Maybe. You should be, because it's good. <laughs> we had that conversation when I dropped it. <laughs> we had very different opinions. Well, some people are just wrong. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so needless to say, um, Immortal She-Hulk, I'd tell you to come pick it up here, but we're already out. You're out of that yeah. one, too. Um, we should be getting some replacement copies, though. I certainly hope so. Yeah. As long Good as Lord. they don't allocate. I got I, I picked up the Timeless variant. Yeah. These, these covers great. have been yeah, amazing. These beautiful Alex Ross variants that have been coming out. Yeah. So, so uh, what'd you read Iron Man there? was in your book, huh? Yeah, I'm, he's. There's a ton of people in that book. Yeah. The, the coolest part about the whole book, in my opinion, and it's not just Wolverine, but all the immortals. You know, all these. I mean, there's right. not. There's no Deadpool in there, but. Well, uh, Tony Stark has been getting around this week then because he was also a big part of the book I read this week. Oh wow. Which was Daredevil number twenty-two. 
uh, written by Chip Zdarsky, who you probably <laughs> recognize that game from la- or that name from last week, <laughs> yes. and uh, drawn by Francesco Mobili. Did you know that's not his real name? Inked by Victor Olazaba and uh, colored by Mattia Iacono. It's a lot of man. You did some good work on getting those yeah, names right. I, I'm I, terrible I, with the names. I didn't even practice beforehand. Um, <laughs> You've heard them before. Lettered those by are your cousins. Lettered by uh, Clayton Cowles. Surprising no one because that guy letters like almost everything Marvel does. But um, this is a. <laughs> if you haven't been reading Daredevil, uh, we're 22 issues in, but we. You can catch up in trade, and in a graphic novel form. But it's it's been great. So in it, right in the first couple of issues, uh, Daredevil at, is fighting crime. He he's breaking up a robbery, and he accidentally goes a little too hard, and he accidentally kills someone. Didn't it happen in like the second issue or something? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. But basically, the first the first couple of arcs, he's like in denial about that. And he he's trying to prove his innocence. He thinks Kingpin's framing him, but he kind of he has to come to terms with the fact that yeah, okay, the evidence is there. I I I accidentally killed this guy. Didn't Cap come up and like like give him a little speech? Like, hey, dude, no, like, uh, this happens. No, uh, Spider Man did. Oh, Spider Man. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was Cap. Spider Man okay. shows up in his apartment and he <laughs> Spider Man says, "Hey, um, it happens to all of us. It's happened to me. It's happened to." It's happened to everyone. Hey, we we established last week that Spider Man's a cold, stone cold killer, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he's his uncle, bre- his girlfriend. <laughs> um, I was reading, bastard. I was reading, um, like some '80s Spider Man last night because I was read the. I took home the uh, Craven's Last Hunt, one of those epic collections. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How many and people like, did he kill in and these like ones? The first half of it has he's nothing to do with Craven's Last Hunt, and it's like, it's the uh, the story where he goes to Russia. With Wolverine? <laughs> oh yeah, the yeah, Spider-Man yeah. Wolverine, and that's where he kills Ned Leeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he doesn't kill Ned Leeds. He well, he um, punches him on accident. No, he punches the the woman that they're after in that story. Okay, that yeah, went yeah. in a direction I wasn't expecting. No, well, he doesn't kill that guy. He's a good guy. He punched <laughs> a woman. <laughs> good lord! Well, she was a she was like a super spy who was had been on a murderous rampage, taking revenge on everybody who ever wronged her during her spy career. And then she just wanted to end it, but she wanted to cross names off her list before she did. And she sneaks up on Spider-Man, like knowing full well, like what was going to happen. And Spider-Man punches her because he thinks Wolverine is coming back to try and get him again. And he like she was already like close to dead anyway. And he basically punched like like she had to be close to dead. I mean, yeah. Spider-Man punches you, you're going to die. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if you're a normal person. Someone with super strength, like, full-out punches you. I can lift you. 10 tons, but I'm going to punch you, and it won't matter. Anyway, so in Daredevil, the previous issues of Daredevil, Spider-Man shows up, and he's like, hey, uh, we we all it all happens to all of us. In this line of work, it's impossible to avoid, but how you've acted since then is Wrong. you are off the rails right now. Right. Uh, you are you are too you are more dangerous than you are helpful, and you need to you need to figure out what you're doing. And while you're doing that, you need to pack it up because I'm not going to tolerate this. He's also not 100. percent Yeah, he's not 100. percent He's because he died right before that. Yeah, yeah, he died. He he had a near what was death. Was the ex- man without fear, little mini? He was dead. Yeah, 
He died at the end of the last run of Daredevil, and then <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man Without Fear was, was him kind of coming a, back to life. It's kind of an anticlimactic thing. Like he didn't uh, get killed. Not good. He didn't get killed as a as Daredevil, like in the line of duty. As Matt Murdock, he got hit by a car, <laughs> which is kind of how he got his powers in the first place. Yeah, he got yeah. Hit by a truck. The Charles Sewell run did not end well, <laughs> in my opinion. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but but look what we got out of it. Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. The, like it's amazing the Sarkisky run. And I really, I mean, we've talked about that Charles Sewell run on this podcast already. But I liked ninety eight percent of it. But and there's actually a, a plot point from that that that's important here. But basically, Daredevil comes to terms with the fact that he accidentally killed somebody. And after going this big climactic battle against this team of supervillains to fight, to save Hell's Kitchen, he turns himself in. He says, "Hey, I yeah, I messed up. This is a thing I need to answer for. So arrest me as Daredevil." And because of that, the Supreme Court case uh, storyline that they tr- pursued in the Charles Sewell run, where he was able to, to establish Supreme Court precedent that uh, superheroes could enter testimony as themselves without revealing their secret identity, yeah. then Foggy Nelson is able to then argue that, well, if that's the case, then we should also be able to try them as their superhero identity and not as... As, as their secret at it. Fair anyway. enough. Sure, but, I mean, they go to jail and they're still... Yeah. Their so they, they arrest Daredevil and, like, he's going through... This is, like, the first few pages of this or him going through the process... Oh, there's a mugshot. That's of being arrested. Yeah, the really first cool. page it's great. is him in full Daredevil attire getting mugshotted. And the, wow. they, they go to take... Uh, they go to take fingerprints and Foggy's like, hey, uh, no, you can't... He, you can't take his gloves off. That's part of his secret identity and... It's protected by law now. This seems weird. <laughs> it is a little weird. And, I, you know, when I was reading it, I was like, I really like this, but Chris is going to hate it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because you're right. <laughs> yeah. So then there's a press conference where the DA is like, I'm pissed off. I'm going after Daredevil with full force of the law. And, of course, Kingpin is the mayor right now. So he's there. Wow. Grandstanding as well. But uh, basically... There, Foggy Nelson is able to get him released on bail, so he uh, he goes out to you know do do a little bit of like, hey, um, well he he says there's a real possibility I'm going to prison, so I need to I need to leave things right before I do, and so he goes off to do some Daredevil stuff. He busts up a mugging, and then uh, he he calls somebody and he's like, hey, uh, meet me down by the wharf because we have something to talk about. And then you find out the person he called is Iron Man. So <laughs> Iron Man shows up. They have a conversation. There's this little interlude with, uh, with uh, what's her name? The She's uh, pyrokinetic. Firestar. No, it's... Jubilee. Uh, Dazzler. She was in the last... Gosh. Because they don't actually call her by her, like, moniker in this. It's is something this Mary, yeah. I don't Wait, know who that what? is. She's a daredevil villain that's, uh, she control fire. With her Typhoid mind. Mary? Typhoid Mary, yeah. There's this little interlude I where... Did it. Yeah, yeah. I would have never Where Kingpin is, is like, hey, you know, why I set you up, I did you a favor here, and now you're going to owe me a favor in the future. And she's like, okay, yeah, whatever, if I feel like He's it. He's wearing his old suit. 
Yeah, yeah. Iron Man. So <laughs> this is before triangle. the. Yeah, this yeah, seems this to be. Iron this Man seems to one. be taking place before Iron Man number one because he definitely seems more sure of himself in this book. But uh, so, so Tony Stark says, "Hey, let's go to my. Let's go back to my lab because I don't want to hang out at the wharf because it's creepy." Like he, he says that. <laughs> right, he's like, like, the wharf creeps me out. Let's go. go back to my place. <laughs> and so, Daredevil asks him to says, "Hey, uh, so this these evil billionaires that." They're trying to make a lot of money by by buying up all the real estate in Hell's Kitchen and they're gonna tear it down and build these new condos or whatever and they're gonna gentrify it basically. Right. It's always urban sprawl. Yeah. And so he says, Hey, so Tony, here's what you're gonna do. <laughs> like he's like, I need you to buy all of the buy all of the property in Hell's Kitchen. Uh give them good deals because they're good people and they deserve it. Uh and then <laughs> Not then, everybody, but okay. And then when the Stromwinds are the Stromwinds are this like billionaire twin these, these twins that are they're the ones trying to make money off the backs of the innocent people. He's like, and then when the Stromwinds back off because you know Tony Stark Tony Stark bought stuff from out from under us. Oh well, then uh, you're gonna sell you're gonna sell the people back their homes, and it's gonna be for almost nothing. That sounds like, like a great business venture for Tony. Yeah, <laughs> and Tony's like, why would I do that? <laughs> it's like <laughs> you're an insane person. Like you're telling me I'm going to I'm going to lose, like I'm going to lose money on this deal. That's generally not how, like I, these That's these not a great business problem. Yeah, these these, no. these suits aren't cheap, man. Like something's got to pay for them, no doubt. And uh, Daredevil basically says, you're going to do it. You're going to think about it, but you're going to do it because for the same reason I'm doing going through with this trial is. Because it's the right thing to do. And it, yeah, like you're shenanigans. Tony, like call you're, shenanigans. It's like you're Tony Stark, and you're you've got all this ego and and bravado. But at the end of the day, you're going to do the right thing because it's it the a right superhero. thing to do. Yeah. And the reason I like this book one, the art in it is great, and they've taken to drawing Daredevil's costume in this new way where he he has like a ninja pants. He totally has ninja pants. Yeah, what the yeah, heck? He has ninja pants, and it looks great. I, I really like this look for Daredevil. <laughs> That's weird. He's like a swashbuckling pirate. <laughs> like, but it makes sense what? given like his background and the, the yeah his the training way he moves and, and and the makes sense. the sort of the Foot Clan. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. the uh, the sort of <laughs> I the mean sort the, of, the sort of clothes he would be comfortable. Fighting like a room full of dudes in, as opposed to skin tight spandex. Yeah, yeah. So it it kind of makes sense practically. But I I really like the way this conversation between Tony and Tony and Daredevil goes down. Why are they putting so much Iron Man in everything right That's now? It's because Iron Man sells books now these days, man. That's like, so weird. Like this cool, this book what? was on was on um because of the cover because the cover is basically. Iron Man's helmet with Daredevil horns. That's what I was wondering. I was trying to figure it out. So I was yeah, like, what the, is this? That I book it was like a that book was this book was on the like keys the this week. List. Yeah, the speculation list this week because everyone was like, "Is Daredevil gonna get an Iron Man suit?" Is every you get an Iron Man suit and you get, <laughs> you an, get an Iron, Iron Man suit? Man suit. And you. <laughs> it's just it's speculating is dumb. Anyway, it, it can be yeah for sure, but I mean. Uh, we've got all your books, speculators, right here. Come on, <laughs> but yeah. So I think the art in this book is really good. I it love the cover. It's a fill-in artist. Yeah. Like it's not the um, 
it's not the guy who's been doing this uh book his name is marco chiquetto but chiquetto did do the uh the cover cover the cover is amazing. Yeah, the dude, his Marco Chiquetto has been just knocking it out of the park on this book. It's ridiculous. So you're subscribed to that book, right? Yeah, I am. And so, so you're gonna continue to read it, right? Yeah, absolutely. So and I've for, been loving this book from the from issue one, and I'm gonna love it until it's over. But I'm also like, I'm a I'm a Daredevil subscriber. I'm gonna be reading Daredevil almost. For no matter somebody what. who's listening to this podcast and isn't into Daredevil, what would you say would be the the best thing, the thing that'll get them in the door? So, <laughs> the thing that gets him in the door, honestly, this might not. This issue might not be a good jumping on point. Um, Iron Man. Iron Man. Like, if you're an Iron Man fan, there's a lot of Iron Man in this book. There's a there's there's great, like Daredevil. That was an amazing kick. Yeah, he he's a real high kick there. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> what? you know, some Daredevil Cowboys cheerleader <laughs> stuff right there. Yeah, there you go. He's a ninja. Um, he's got a job if he gives up the. <laughs> Gives I up think, the cowl. I think there's an age limit. I think Iron Man's armor looks really cool in this book. But really, I think the strength of this in this issue comes from characterization, which I don't know if you've noticed the theme with the books I've been choosing to talk about on this podcast is I tend to choose books where I'm. it's the characterization of people that draws me in. Okay. But, but anyway, um, if you're looking to get a to get a. Uh, so you get to get your foot in the door on Daredevil right now. I highly recommend coming by and picking up the first, the first trade paperback of this Dzidarski run because yeah. it's been marked knocking it out of the park in my opinion. I I think it's a I think right now is a real good time to be a Daredevil fan. I agree. It and might I be... think there's probably a lot of newer Daredevil fans out there that discovered him through the Netflix show. So Certainly. true. Certainly, I think uh, besides maybe the first Frank Miller run, this is the best Daredevil we've ever had. Yeah, and, and maybe even better than the first Frank Miller. I'm not going to say as such because that would be sacrilege. But uh, <laughs> Mark Wade did a run with artist uh, Chris Somney, um, like probably about eight to ten years ago. That was really good too. It was really well regarded. Um, I like the Kevin Smith run too, but I don't love it. Like I'm, I've loved every one of these that I've read. Has been just really good. The the cool thing that Kevin Smith did in this book. Was it was he almost he did almost did a cooler thing with Mysterio in that book than he did with Daredevil. Mysterio is one of the coolest villains of all time. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know much about him. He's a normal dude that that was in the special effects business, and oh, okay, he yeah. tried to make some money because he wasn't making money, and he accidentally killed a person, and that kind of sent him down a, sp- a spiral of villainy. Yeah, like he's like, oh, I'm getting fired from movie sets because I'm a jerk, right? So I'm going to use my talents to rob banks so there you go and then the pretty, which was a pretty way. which was a pretty common uh, villain origin in in the 60s of marvel but he's just oh, his right. design is this big fishbowl with smoke in it and yeah, he can he's do all these look, weird things that you're kind of like <laughs> mysterio okay. is a is a design that should be really dumb but i think looks really cool it is really dumb but it, it looks really cool and He's the big part in that uh, old man Logan story. I mean, he's the reason that oh, right. Wolverine Tricked him kills. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And here's the thing: when if you know Wolverine, well, he could smell. He could he could smell the deceit and the and and all that stuff. I don't know what this guy. Yeah, he's just yeah. Um. um anyways, yeah. <laughs> there's a guy at the window trying to talk through us, and his, he's his uh, shirt says Jerry Springer Security on it. Right. So he's class act. Yeah. yeah. Looks like he's got miles to go before he goes home. <laughs> oh, what did you read? <laughs> that was a nice yes. segue. 
It's the worst thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> it was so. It was such a good segue. I was confused for a second. Uh, um, okay, so <laughs> the book I think we all we read. All this read week. Miles yeah. to Go, um, so Chapter good. One. Uh, the so publisher Aftershock. So I was curious about because we kind of just hear about Marvel and DC, and yeah. so I was curious. What so there's a lot of smaller publishing companies that's. Um, that are doing great things. Yeah. Um, the first one we have to m- mention is Image. Image is long sorted past, and we've talked about it before. A whole bunch of people defected from Marvel and a few from DC and made this smaller company called Image. And it got huge right away because it was everybody's favorite artists. Mm-hmm. No writers. And that was the problem. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, so basically, you were just getting a bunch of the same stuff with different faces. You know, there's the big metal guy who's strong, and then there's the crazy guy who's got claws and the healing factor, and they're very similar to okay. the Marvel counterparts. Um, needless to say, it only lasted a few years, and then um, only a handful have continued from them, like Spawn, uh, Savage Dragon, and really nothing else. But then they had this book called The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah. Image, might almost, have heard of it. Hmm. Image almost went under, and then they had a they had like this dark horse success. In The Walking Dead. Right. Ah. And The Walking Dead was huge and it changed comics. It absolutely changed comics. Sure. Yeah. It, de- it changed, definitely changed how how people view indie comics for sure. Right, right. And so now we're in, it's not the golden age. I call it the golden age because it's the golden age of storytelling within comic books. There's so many good stories out there. There's so much content that we never got before. You know, um, I remember when I was younger back in the day when the big two was pretty much all we had, there was, uh, Fantagraphics and Daniel Klaus' Eight Ball and Charles Burns's uh, Black Hole, and there was like there was there was flashes of creative, not superhero storytelling. Uh, DC's Vertigo did a little mouse. bit of it. Mouse, of course, yeah. is the absolute king of all of it, <clears throat> but there wasn't much when The Walking Dead came out and it got so big. People saw a light at the end of the tunnel as far as we can write a story that isn't superhero and right. it'll, it'll sell but the numbers of the big boys sure yeah so there's a lot of small companies now idw boom studios uh dark horse has been around for a long time because they were doing the alien and the predator and then eventually star wars stuff mm-hmm. so they had some big heavy hitters on their publications and um they, they they put out some decent books at the time but now there's all these smaller companies like Aftershock, they're doing fantastic stuff. And we've talked about this on the cast before. Yeah. Where we love Aftershock. I love Aftershock. It's like my go-to publisher right now. And anything and everything that they're putting out, I'm buying copies of For the Wall. And I'm reading it all. And it's cool. only been a handful of misses. And Most from of them are a, hits. And from a, like, like a retailer standpoint, Aftershock's books are all returnable. Right. So we can, we can, we can take, take a risk. little bit larger risk on, on going bigger on these these newer creative interesting books that have nothing to you know might not have a single super powered punch in them you know yeah and 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 also sometimes you know a lot of people follow an artist and or writer mm-hmm. and that's always been a thing yeah. um now you see a book like miles to go and who's ever heard of b claymore or um steven molnar right i've never heard of either of these two they do have a history but it's not it's not Chip Zarsky. It's not yeah. Todd McFarlane. It's not these big names. So when you when you see it, oh okay, I don't know who these people are. I'm not going to take a chance. Mm-hmm. But AfterShock does like, hey, if you buy at least this many, you can return the ones you don't sell. 
crazy. And so it's it's super smart. Yeah. Because one, they get the sales numbers on the front end. Right. And it doesn't matter if we return it later because they already they already achieved the money. It already happens. Their sales already look the way they do. Right. Returning them from us has no consequence on them at all. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Cool. Well, I liked this book. Um, I maybe because there isn't like powerful punches like you just said. Like <laughs> okay. I maybe yeah. that might be more street level part of it. Yeah. So I this hadn't... is a uh, what we would call a crime noir or a hard boiled. Okay. Yeah. yeah so yeah. within reason. Well, I like it's the... like a spy thriller. Yeah. 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 And uh, so I'm so this is a new character for everyone. Yeah. Or okay. Yep. Um, there is a lot going on right at the beginning. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Which I think I liked the most because it happens again later where you're just kind of just caught off guard by like, whoa. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that second I don't, I don't channel like is gnarly. You can yeah. just talk how you want. This okay. one is full of spoilers. There's it's going to be tough. Spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. So, and um, especially the second one. So like, You almost can't you talk about the, the book there. without spoiling it. Yeah. Um, it's graphic, there. man. So we've yeah. got a teenage girl um, murdering... Uh, <laughs> She looks pretty maybe later they say he pre-teen. was a small time arms dealer. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um and it's it's graphic. Yeah. She murks him hard. Yeah. Um with an older man standing behind her kind of giving his blessing. So uh, it's interesting to see what that wondering what that dynamic is. It reminded me of uh Kickass as far as um Hit Girls, you know, her origin is that her dad was a superhero and he trained her to be her his sidekick, like his right. Robin, basically. Yeah. It made that, me think of that. that movie, um, the French actor, he's a hitman, and Natalie Portman's in it. As, like, oh, The Professional. Girl. Leon. That's yeah. my favorite movie. Yeah. I love that movie. I watched it yesterday. It gives it has a it has a The Professional vibes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could see that completely. I love that movie so much. Um, so then it flashes forward, so we see her as a mom, which I liked. Um the whole mother-daughter relationship because I could relate to that. Um, obviously, she's a single mom. There's some drama going on between her and baby daddy. Um, and it kind of just seems like she's going, like, has a normal life. Like, so you see her move past whatever yeah. this... It seems like she's left the violent past behind her. And sure. she's just trying to live. And it might almost be because of her daughter. Like, it, you, you don't know how long, like, it's been since. That, that would make sense, I guess. I that's, didn't I didn't put that together, but... Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just really, like, I really liked that dynamic between her and her daughter, especially. Um, then you kind of move to a new storyline with some agents. Yeah, secreting. I believe they're... Yeah, they're agents of some sort of government. They're in the NSA. Okay. It's the National, National Security Administration. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Um, they seem like villains, though. Well, I, I mean, say. they're in the NSA. <laughs> well, I was going to say, did they, <laughs> did they call it out that it was the NSA? Yeah, they say they're in the oh. NSA at one point. I think or it's they, afterwards. Or they I do think something, it's in these. Like, that in the, is it he, in here? Um, oh, he shows up yeah. he, when they're at the hospital and he shows his ID to the nurses and he's like, hi, I'm agent so-and-so with the National Security Administration. Well, I must have missed that. And then there's a part where they're talking about how uh, the CIA doesn't like play nice with the NSA, mm. which is them. Wow. So I wonder why I didn't catch all that. Uh, it's just in the book. Yeah. You got to read it. Uh, yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> so, so he, so they're obviously trying to track down 
her and another person um, who's in the hospital, which you realize I think can put two and two together later that she's visiting, who's the man that's standing behind her in the yeah. big opening scene right. um, on his deathbed. And she seems like she's kind of having a, um existential crisis about that time of her life that he was integral in kind of participating in on the people they've killed, the work they did. Um, she doesn't let her daughter see him ever. So the daughter is always hanging out in the waiting area with the nurses. So I think that's interesting. I think it's another example of her trying to like keep those two parts of her life separate. Yeah. Although the daughter still is aware of this guy. And so it almost feels like, this weird like halfway way of being secretive where you're like not letting in all the way, but there's some secret. I don't know. I thought that was an interesting. I wonder, I wonder if she's protecting not letting him see her mm. rather than her see whatever because it's just some old yeah. man in a hospital bed, right. but she doesn't want him to to see her at all maybe. Sure, yeah. There's definitely like a, some sort of decision she's making there about that. Then um, the agents kind of have this whole conversation about how they're going to go into the hospital and I don't I feel like I'm spoiling stuff if I it's, so uh, this like, there it's going to be really hard to review this book without giving stuff away because right. there's so much packed into this book it yeah. seems like they are they are their orders are to sort of clean up these old school players that mm-hmm. like were players back in the day and now it's like they're if they've been tasked for some reason with just kind of scratching them off the list. What I don't understand though is, I mean, this guy's on his deathbed, and, and they know it. Everybody knows it. So yeah. why even bother? Maybe because they're worried he's going to squeal about something. You know, maybe he's, we don't know. I, I mean, there's a lot that we don't know. It seems to me like these guys, the guys we meet in the story, don't really know the whole picture. No, yeah, they, no, they have like no to idea. Have a lot of resentment. They're just they're just hired yeah, to, to like, do a job. We've yeah. been told to do this job, and nobody tells us anything. And yeah. yeah. They even have a little conversation in the car before they go up there. He's, he's like, well, when you go up there, you know, see if you can get a sample of her. And, and they're talking about the main protagonist that we meet in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, so I'm just the one who gets to go up there automatically. He's like, yeah. <laughs> so they don't know what they're doing. They just know what they're <laughs> well, doing. He's like, somebody's got to talk up the front desk staff and it's not going to be you. Cause yeah, you yeah, yeah. You're bad at that. So <laughs> see what's funny is that that agent, he looks like Bill Duke. Mac from Predator, yeah. and I can't get that out of I my head. It, oh, it, I thought that too, and I th- it seems intentional. Probably. I yeah. mean, it would not... I mean, if you're familiar with the boys, um, Homelander is made... He was modeled after uh, Simon Pegg. Oh, uh, that's... Um, it's not Homelander. The, it's it's, it's uh, the other guy. Um, anyways, so... Huey, I, mean, I think, is the character's name. The Yeah, right. Not... not Pretty the, good. The main per- protagonist of the boys that isn't a superhero yeah. was supposed to be Simon Pegg. I think his name is Huey. It is I've Huey. You're right. And thanks for reminding me. But anyways, um, so so it's not uncommon for for an artist and or writer to pull from reality to make a character. So I mean, yeah, it's totally Bill Duke. And there's another movie. I think it's Oh Menace to Society, where <laughs> they get uh, one of the guys who kills kills the the Asian store owners. And they're like, you know, you fucked up, right? And because he plays, he plays the part in that movie. So that's why I think that he was chosen to, to look at this part. Okay. Mm. Okay. So then we have um, a phone call made to someone, probably someone who's related to the um, character who was just assassinated on his deathbed. Yeah, the old man that was in the deathbed. Yeah. Um, 
they look very similar. So he gets a call, gets the news. Um, they set it up to look like an accident. Um, so the agents, the do. agents, the do. agents right. go into the hospital room and and murder the the old, the old guy that that's she was, was talking to. That's why I questioned that they were actual federal. Or right. NSA. That's yeah, why I don't yeah. think they are. I think they are, and it's they just have the access to it's just the to, way the game um, is played. As it were. Right, right, right. They have access to what's it called? Uh, um, the international. Uh, yeah, because they they go into the office and they like you know run some names through the computer and then it just it didn't. <laughs> It, and that then the didn't sign. connect for me is what I'm trying to say is like whether they are or not like that doesn't make any sense. Why? The NSA just go in and, and murder someone in a hospital bed and be like, oh, he fell over. Well, I think rather than like the, the dude uh, grabbed me by the balls and I protected myself. And that's part of the what happened. Like well, it doesn't make sense. Basically like smother him with a pillow or no, he had a syringe. He was going to put something in the IV. Right. Yeah. And, and it would have just... I don't know. It, it, anyway. It's probably going to be a thing like, hey, we made it look like it was a natural. Right. But I mean, we, we'll, we can get back to that in a minute, but... I con- think continue, whatever... Yes. I think whatever thing... Whatever higher power is sending them to do this job is part of the larger story of the book, I think. the Part of the larger story of the series where we're going to find that out later, like why all of a sudden they're crossing off all these these names of of old of people who haven't even been in the game for decades it seems like keep in right. mind that your hands get pretty dirty when you're doing work like that NSA CIA FBI police they all can dip to the other side of the fence and that's okay. what a lot of these stories usually are about right um, but they definitely are either the hitman that do the dirty work for that or whatever because because they're they're killing people right um, okay, so then they go back to some main office and it seems like there's some sort of realization that happens from, um, I don't, what did, What would you call this person? Oh, like a he's crime like a, lab. He's like a lab tech yeah. or something. Yeah. So um, he's running the DNA. codex DNA of the, the woman, the protagonist, right. because they got it off a of glass that she left in there. Because they want to know who she is. Mm-hmm. And then when they find out who she is... Yeah. Right, so then he says, "Oh no, no, no! Like this is way beyond your pay grade. We're gonna have to." Yeah, yeah, and because which they, yeah, they get booted off the case basically. Interpol, right. yeah, I think isn't Interpol. that where that's they, Interpol. Interpol? Isn't that where they go to the parking lot and they're like, "Oh, they never tell us anything." Mm-hmm. And the FBI doesn't play well with the CIA or whatever, and um, so see. they've got to be part of the NSA to, to have access to Interpol. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Well, yeah, and they're in this this obvious building that's governmental or whatever yeah Yeah. um so then we kind of get back into um just the home life of the main the protagonist and her daughter she's going out that night to talk to the um baby daddy daddy and figure some stuff out it seems just like a normal evening and then something happens dun 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 there's a knock at the door um, which I was like, holy, but that's yeah, how yeah. I felt it's at the so beginning prompt. too. So it was like, oh, actually, but I, <coughs> so the preview for the next ep or the next episode, the next book, I feel like gives away what happens here or so not. That's, that's a 
that's a big thing that I want to talk about. Okay, I was like, wait. I have ideas about that, so let's let's discuss it. I mean, okay, so I, w- I want to know like your overall feelings of the book first, like how you really feel about it, and, and I liked it a lot. Stuff. I was I definitely wanted to see what happens next. I felt okay. frustrated by this though. The next Honestly, issue, it made me want to go. Oh, never. I didn't even look at it. Oh, really? I like you know, I was in a stack of books to read on Tuesday, yeah. so I'm like. Okay, that's the end. Okay, and I close the book and I open up the next one. Yeah, because okay. I, you know. Well, and there was a lot of kind of like ancillary like items. CIA yeah. Black Ops yeah. stuff. Thought for a second about reading. And then it. I don't know what that was. Um, it's a that preview a, for another book. I did not like this. That I did not sometimes. like the illustrations. Okay. <laughs> I was like, ooh. So, so basically, know. what they do is it's a preview for okay. another book that's coming out in a week or three. I just felt like this. Oh my. The faces were. The yeah. faces were not. Yeah. It's aesthetically um, pleasing. So I, I will talk about that one when I get to it though. Okay. I think <laughs> we might have the same criticism then. Um a, a lot of times with these smaller publishers, uh you will while the work there is a little bit more creative and they they do things that are more outside the box. I think a lot of times sometimes we or sometimes we get art that is not quite ready for prime time. Totally. And right. I think that that's one of my complaints about this book in general, actually. I think I think there's some things where the artist can't really decide what he's doing with, anat- with anatomy, like with the main character, for example. Like she's very different here at the end. Yeah, like sometimes like she's sometimes she's like, super like buff. in this panel and that panel, she's like super curvy. Right. Whereas there's a panel earlier in the book, like where she's walking down the hallway with, with her, her daughter. Kid. Yeah. Where she is just like straight down. Like she is totally like, mm-hmm. like there's no, there's not at all. She's which, all muscle. Yeah. She's just. Ripped. And there's the, there's probably problems with the, the, in that regard with other characters, but he's got some of the other like male characters wearing, you know, oversized suit jackets and stuff so that they, it's, it's easier to hide that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. when you've got a woman who just woke up and is essentially in her underwear, it's hard to hide that you are an artist who hasn't quite figured out anatomy continuity yet. <laughs> and then another thing is, I think that uh, a lot of times when the, the camera, as it were, where fate were, was close up on the daughter, like when it was, when it was zoomed out, she looks like a kid. And when it's zoomed in, all of a sudden she she has a ton of lines on her face and looks like a thirty year old. Yeah, she looks man. like she's an right. adult in that, pa- yeah. from that panel. Yeah, and it's she looks like a tired adult in that yeah. panel. Like she's like she's bags under her eyes, it. and it's just it's putting too much. It's putting too many lines on the page, and that can have varying levels of success. Yeah, I didn't have a problem with the art as much, um, but it's I just think it lends itself to the type of comic it is. And you're absolutely right. There are pa- there are opportunities in some panels. Yeah, um, it's just you know some um, there's just things that basically there are critiques that like if you were to submit that portfolio to Marvel or DC or whatever, those are probably the notes you'd get back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. Um, it is just it tends to happen to be the case in these in these smaller published books. But and, but these guys a lot of times are getting started on their careers in the industry. And That's true. This is their 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 step into what potentially will hopefully be a big Marvel account. Or right. Yeah. And it, and it is one thousand times better than my art. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> so Chad, you had some feedback or some ideas about so. The end. Well, yeah. So like kind of my overall thing, Jess. You said you like it. 
um, and that you wanted to see kind of what happens after you see what happens at the at that end, would you continue after that? Like, or is that I like think it depends hook? on what happens? Well, I don't know right. because I feel like well, I felt like that, but then going back to the preview, which says what happens next, it kind of answered that question for mm-hmm. me, right. and I was like. Okay, cool. Oh, well, then I guess I don't really care. Cause, also, so that's how I Because I kind of wanted I, to know what happens with her, what seems this. But if this, if sh- then that seems less. I, I read a synopsis before we read this book that also kind of told me what the over the story, the sort of overall story of the book was going to be. And it, that kind of gives away what actually happens on the last page, too. Right. So, so like, on page two, I was like, Whoa, like you were saying, like, oh, man. And it was graphic, but it wasn't too graphic, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because they're obscuring what Well, happened. they were it's able to do that with that. I felt like that made it. She I mean, they're not obscuring bubble. that at all. But the yeah. way she pops the bubble, like, you almost, it like, translate levity. that to, right. like, the, oh, it's and just, I don't know. That's they, probably intentional. Mm-hmm. On, like, the artist probably did that. Hopefully. For, like, oh. It, Otherwise, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so what I'm trying to say is that it's graphic, as in there's somebody being murdered there, but it's not graphic because it's not... I've seen, like, in The Walking Dead, where you murder someone and they're like, hey, this is actually anatomy coming out of the body right, right, here. Right. Yeah. And that's not, not what they're eyeballs doing. eyeballs and chunks of teeth and right. jaw and stuff. And so that's why I enjoy it. Like, we talked back to, like... I mentioned earlier in the podcast that I was an EMT for a little bit. I don't read that stuff anymore. I don't like it. Mm. Yeah. This, I... I think it's fine for me. I'm like, okay, cool. I got the image. That's all I need. So you like don't like Warren Ellis is crossed. I never. No, I have no don't idea what it is. Do it. If that's <laughs> you're your not going to like it. You're there not you going to like it. That book's um, hardcore. But I did. I mentioned uh, in my notes that the art was inconsistent, um, and I, the ethnicity was really hard to pinpoint. They talk about it later, and, and they talk about it. they have to they have to point out what the ethnicities are, which was a little weird for me. And and the way they did it, I was like, I I don't know that that's kosher, man. Mm-hmm. Like they had a they had a black guy who was kind of poking fun at her and not able to figure out who the daughter was, but being pretty convinced that he's one of him. Yeah, well, but when the, he talks about her, the, her. the mom, I'm talking about her. that was... They're having the I conversation like, mm-hmm. because they're profiling their potential target, basically. And that's, that's, that's very common for yeah, anybody in that position. As somebody who's like read and watched a lot of like this sort of entertainment, that's a pretty commonplace conversation in the context of what they're doing. Right. And it adds so, to I mean, that. that uncom- they're trying to make you uncomfortable. They're like, okay, you're not going to like this because we're not supposed to be talking like this. Yeah, basically so these guys are make... dehumanizing the, their target, basically. Right, right, exactly. Right, but I didn't get that. I mean, like, this story for me overall was pretty... Um, so page two had me on board. I was like, awesome, this is actually going to be pretty cool. But it quickly fizzled because it's it's a... For me, it, it seemed like it's a, it's the same old story of there's an old killer who's been doing it since she was young and she's on the run now because she doesn't want to do it anymore. She's got a family and that's going to be the thing that they're going to go and they're going to twist and that's how they're going to get it. And then the way they end the issue by answering the question on the preview page for the next issue, I was like, I'm pretty sure I know what just happened right there. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm done. Like that was it. Yeah, yeah. And I I get that. Um, I didn't look at that. 
And so I had some really fun ideas thinking that maybe we're going to change the protagonist. Maybe the daughter will be the protagonist and she'll be raised in the same way. Or maybe this overweight baby daddy who's not really in the picture anymore. They made a really big push to show the differences between her and him. Mom and dad. Right. His house her, was dirty. Right. Her kitchen's super clean. She's super fit and built. He's got a gut. His his house is trashed. Which is something that I think the art was really successful in doing. Yeah. And I think I think Chad picked the best word to describe the art in this book and that it's inconsistent. There's stuff that he does really well and then there's other stuff that he doesn't do quite as well. Right. So for me And I feel like I feel like we're allowed to critique art without being artists. Oh yeah. yeah I mean so, I, I, I agree. I mean I'm not I've, trying to trash it like he's terrible, but inconsistent art is just it's it's hard to again when you have to tell me what the ethnicity is because I thought that they were both black and I thought that was the story. I thought that the ex husband and her, they're pretty close to the same color right there yeah, in that yeah. panel. And yeah. the daughter and her hair, I was like, Okay, got it. But then they're like, Oh She's Puerto Rican or whatever. She's Indian. Is it, oh yeah, she's. They, uh, they, they well, say they said they say dot Indian or something. Yeah, like that? yeah. and that's dot, what I'm talking about. Was like, I was like, ooh, that's even even for being like trying to make you uncomfortable. It's like that's over the line, personally. But it's not. I mean, it, it in 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 real life, absolutely. But in the comic book, in the way that this is written, they're going for that to make you uncomfortable, to make you question it. But that. But what I'm saying is the art. The art doesn't show that. For you to have to call that out, and she's not even like. She's not, it just, I don't know. None of it really sat, sat well with me. And so I was just, I don't know. I kind of got over it. Cool. All right. <laughs> so do you guys, so you don't, you didn't, did you look at it afterwards, this preview page? Yeah, no, I didn't read, I, okay. I didn't look at the preview so page. I just kind of wanted to the go. Preview page no. Okay. I mean, I just looked at the preview page. <laughs> so oh, you just, yeah. I just, well, I looked at the art and just from the art alone. It well, and then there's text. It's pretty obvious. Like, yeah. That says, like, that says outright exactly. What, and what's I was just going like, on? What the hell? Why do you do <laughs> oh, that? Oh, really? Why do you do yeah. that? Why do you end the book like that and, and then just, ba- and then say. And it's not even a page turn to get to that. No. You just, it's, it's right there. Yeah. That's what threw it off for me. Cause I was like, oh my God. Honestly, that's an, that's an, editorial thing editorial I feel like that's a crazy mistake yeah. like why would should have you caused, right. should have caught that why don't you put all of this stuff in between this black it. ops you know um, pages with for with me it's like why do you even out. put this at all though like why would don't you want someone to buy the book yeah and it it's needs hard. a different cover it needs a different like hook to, to, to tell you what's happening in the next issue you're right 100% they, I don't know, they, I like that. they spent time having you attached to this protagonist mm-hmm. and then for them to befall what you potentially see here some people are going to be like well I'm not going to read this book because I just got invested in this person and now they're gone well and that's well, why that's I was not... <laughs> pretty sure that but you don't yeah. know what this says which is right. like yeah. so you want to know but for some people this is going to keep them in uh-uh. I know I know it's weird I don't know I don't like have that. you ever uh, well, watched a television show and then this, it makes this page the feel show you, it feels like a it feels like a cheap trick. Yeah, it falls flat. Yeah. If yeah, I, but I mean, I feel like even when there's shows and it ends and I'm like, oh my God, what happens next? And then they show the previews and I'm like, oh. it just makes me want to know more because right. it's, not, it's yeah. not telling you anything. Whereas right. this tells you exactly what happens next. Because when that's next. done well, right. it makes you want to watch the next right. episode or whatever. This gives you the literal scene like you're talking about. When you, when you see the preview for the next episode, it's like, oh yeah, we know that they're there. How did this, how did this pan out? 
this one is like the preview page is like this That's is so how funny. it pans out because <laughs> i didn't even like i said i didn't even look at that page i just like was like okay the book's done and i closed the book and moved on to my next one <laughs> it's funny because i started like romanticizing different opportunities where, where they're going to go with the story i was like oh that's cool they killed off the pr- protagonist and oh, and now we're going to get this other protagonist and uh yeah well I, if you I look tend- at the window there's no way that that's her blood because oh. uh, Chad's a ballistics oh, expert. What? Well, <laughs> he watches a, a lot of CSI. I'm not a ballistic expert, but if you paid attention to the last couple things I was talking about, but I feel yeah, like that yeah, would have been sure. a good thing. That would have that would have been something later after you saw whatever you know without this, and then it would have been like, well, it was obvious because on the last, when it's like you missed that cue. Yeah. Right. That's fine, but it's like that. I don't know. I just that was. I would have wanted to know what happened. I was really. I like the daughter. But I'm like, well, hey. she'll be in it. Yeah, the daughter's still going to be there. She's screaming. It, and it's it's possible that we're going to get this kind of thing with the daughter now. Oh, sh- that's exactly what it's like teeing up, right. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and then the mom's not going to like it, obviously. So. But it's going to be necessary. <laughs> to do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. So based on your feelings right now, would you want to pick up the next issue of this? I don't think so. I really feel like that... Um, that really just put a bad that taste last, in your mouth. Yeah, if it, yeah, I would have like, wanted what a great cliffhanger that isn't a cliffhanger that they immediately ruined. <laughs> just yeah. very unnecessary. I want to see the next, it's like the principal. I want to see the next issue, that first page, and be like, "Yep, I was right," or "No, nope, I was wrong," and that's all I want to see. So you're just gonna pick it up off the shelf, flip to the first page. He's gonna come in and ask and us. Then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna. Ask. Hey, so miles ago too? What happened? Well, to be honest with you, I'm not sure I'm gonna read the next issue. Yeah, um, I will. Are you? And yeah, I like the style of okay. writing. Yeah, I mean, I like it fine. I just, like I came in. You asked me what I thought this morning. I was like, it's it's fine. Yeah, and it's fine. Um, yeah. Um, and honestly, I, I read so many books that something that just is just fine. I'm probably not going to pick up the next. Right. One. I like it. It's not Ed Brubaker criminal. Well, but nothing's that. Right. Right. But and it and it definitely reminded me of the Hit Girl kick-ass storyline and um there's some other things like strangers in paradise uh, terry moore things like that where you're like oh, i'm an ex i'm an ex assassin yeah. and, and i've retired but they keep pulling me back in keep it was my in. one day till retirement <laughs> yeah yeah so all yeah, that stuff there's definitely yeah. don't get me wrong there's definitely stuff to like in this book um there is i think there's some things it does that you're not expecting i don't know that the level of craft is there yet i think there's there's some, some, I mean, they belong some work at to Aftershock. Be, I mean, right? Yeah. Like we're there's talking some, about. It's, there's some work to be done on both the writing and yeah, the maybe art side. They belong at Boom. Maybe Boom. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and not uh, definitely. Uh, not every, not the, the first thing you put out is going to be awesome, you know? Right. And so I, I, I agree Frank with Miller. you that it's it's definitely a it's definitely a start for someone who's who's getting in there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. Um, did anybody read that um, that backup story? The I didn't. I didn't read past so that. Was a, page. That was like a preview idiot. for another Aftershock book is what that was. I right. cannot, that's I, what, yeah, that's I what cannot I'm handle the illustrations. So I, I, this I've, person's <laughs> face to me is just unbelievable. So like I can't. <laughs> It's and it's like from a far from far away. I'm like, oh, it's weird, and I'm like, oh, it's where it's. I don't know. Oh, but the closest world's bad. Did you follow it through and read the whole thing, Jess? No, I. So, I did not read a single word of it. Okay. Because so I had like 13 other books to get to. I'm super interested in it because it's called Red Atlantis. So it def- it has a red star there. So it won't be anything about the Russians for sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 
So it's all these different places where people are getting this text, right? Looks like people are lined up. 11 a.m. November 3rd. November 3rd. November 3rd is where, if you turn that page, it's all these people starting to kill each other on November 3rd. This issue comes. This issue comes out November fourth. <laughs> so this this wow. is literally a story about what they think is going to happen when you have people. If you have people in line, where we are right now, not only with like COVID stuff, but like there's so much animosity between people right now. You're going to so have crazy. people killing each other in line, getting into fights about who they're voting for and why right. they're voting. Right. I, I I'm super interested in it. I, I agree with the art. Can you hear my eyes rolling mm-hmm. in my head? <laughs> I I don't know, man. I uh, I'm interested in. It. I'm like November fourth. I want to check this book out and see what's going on and what it has to say. Remember, remember the fourth of November. <laughs> it's my birthday. Yeah? The fourth oh, really? today. Mm-hmm. November fourth is my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday on my twenty-first birthday, birthday two thousand eight was. Did you kill somebody in line? Um, oh. Barack Obama was elected. Um, yeah. That's yeah, so my birthday is always around election days, Weird. but uh, yeah, November fourth this year is going to be. I don't know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <geez>. um. <laughs> Just stay inside. Just stay inside. Yeah, I mean it's. Uh, you know, I'm not telling people because roughly forty nine percent of the country is going to be pissed off. Either that's way. what's that's what's so scary about it is that half of the country is going to be pissed no matter what, and there's going to be like a serious uh, shift in. I don't know. No like, ma- yeah, uh, and, it's going to be awful. And that's <laughs> that's what I was going to say, Chris. Is no matter what, I'm not telling anybody to vote one way or the other. I'm telling you to go out and vote. Yeah, register you vote. to vote. I was at register. Uh, I was at uh, Restoration Pizza, and they have a table set up there that that are, is there for people to to sign up to vote. Vote because if 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 you if, don't vote, you can't complain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And I've looked at it like that in the past, but yeah. Um, and I haven't voted sometimes when I was just like, yeah, whatever. Right. I definitely voted the last election, and who I voted for did not get elected. Mm-hmm. Um, Same here. <laughs> but but they had the most votes. Anyway, this is not a political podcast, <laughs> but you, you should definitely go out and vote. It is now. <laughs> there's I voted for Gary Johnson. <laughs> 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 I wasted that vote. I um, didn't, actually. I think that the bipartisan system has to be upgraded a little bit, but I, we're not going to get into it. Yeah. So anyway, that's the issue. Uh, uh, that's the uh, episode. Uh, if anybody has any closing thoughts or remarks after that. Not a, not a thought in my head. No, awesome. no the miles to go. Um, most of you aren't going to read it, but I'm going to. Cool. Yeah, Let I, us know. Yeah, Let us know that we're right. <laughs> Let us know what happened with, yeah. <laughs> I'll amend mine and say if it's a light week, I'll read it. Fair enough. I mean. I'm going to open it up. Look at that first considering page. Considering this week wasn't a light week. And that's probably going to come out a similar week next month. <laughs> right. I'm probably not going to read it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fair enough. Awesome. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. And uh, we actually have a fifth week, uh, fifth uh, Wednesday this month, actually. Uh, so we're going to have Bosky on. But this is our last episode with Jess. We're going to get Patrick on next episode. So if you know anything about how comics are generally released, we're probably going to be talking about some annuals next week. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, thank you so much for, for joining us. All this stuff um, has has totally been totally been great. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Thanks for having me. Thanks for all it's been here. fun. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for the knowledge that I wouldn't have otherwise had and the yeah. experience. And yeah, now absolutely. you know 
kind of love the comic book world and totally yeah and it's not just a weird medium for super nerds it's it's a cool medium for super nerds. while it totally is that but it's also other stuff so yeah totally yeah it's been great thank you guys awesome talk to you later <laughs>